This is Michael Quigley, and I'm a patron because I need RHAP way more than Tony needed that idol. To find out more about the benefits of becoming a Rob Has a Podcast patron like Michael Quigley, who you just heard, visit robhasawebsite.com slash patron. From the studios of the Sideshow Network, it's Rob Has a Podcast. And now, here's the show that is proudly presented by Tyler Perry, Rob Sisternino. No, that didn't make sense. I gotta say, we'll, 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 we'll keep going, but that did not make sense. <laughs> uh, hey everybody, I am Rob Sisternino, and I'm totally thrown off for a number of reasons. One, that I'm not in my apartment. We're here at the Sideshow Network today because uh, that is much more conducive to having guests. And of course, I am sitting here with a co-host today. And here she is. She is your reigning Miss Survivor, two-time Survivor player, and uh, the wonderful and amazing Andrea Belke is here. Andrea! Hello, thank you for having me. And in studio, I feel so fancy. Yes, well, it's great to have you here. You said you were going to be here in L.A., and I felt like this was a good time to get together with you. We wanted to have you here on the show because we haven't talked to you since the last time we saw you. You were in an ATM booth as being crowned Miss Survivor, and we have not even formally gotten you all of your Miss Survivor paraphernalia. So I wanted to present to you here in person. Here is your fancy, we have your Miss Survivor 2014, uh, your sash. There there you go. Should I wear it? (laughs) If you you want, we have a Miss Miss Survivor We have a Miss Survivor tiara for you oh, okay. as well. And we have some Miss Survivor buttons as well. Is, Rob, you've put a lot into We've this. We've spared no expense I for Miss Survivor. Um, I, actually, I will wear this, I think, because how does it look? Very good. Very good. Awesome. Because I also haven't showered, so I'm trying to like... I thought you said you weren't going to say that. <laughs> and I wasn't going to say that, but then... All right. You well, you, well, you're a survivor, <laughs> and you're, so you're used to that. All right. So Andrea is here, and this is going to be a very, very fun show. We're also going to be joined by... We have a guest with us here today in the studio... Vitas Bushkowskis is here, and we're going to talk to him for the first time, and and hopefully he can live up to the high bar that Otis has previously set on Rob as a podcast. I cannot wait to meet Vitas because I have not met him yet. I have met Otis, yeah, and he's great. So I think we're going to have a good show. I also did want to say thank you to everyone who voted. It was a really fun competition, and all the Rob has a podcast viewers and supporters are awesome and positive and it was a really fun experience all right and i'm sorry that i was wait i was really drunk and tipsy no that was that. fun it was it was a little that fun. was fun <laughs> okay and so we are recording a video of this it's not streaming live but you can check out the video on rob website.com i'll let you know if the video crashes or anything like that at the end of the show and it, if it didn't work but it should you should be able to see the video of this interview also then after we get done with this part of the show i'm going to go over the voicemails with your friend from the wine and cheese alliance Eliza Orland is going to be answering voicemails from the listeners of Rob Has a Podcast, and oh, that's going to be very good fun. Good friend Eliza. Plus, yeah, and, plus, and you know how she gets on social media. Uh, plus, we are going to also get to a bunch of the inappropriate comments from last night's episode. So, this is going to be a jam packed fun show. Yes, let's do it. So, how has your trip to LA been? It's actually been wonderful. I So, I've been in New York for a few years and came out here for two weeks to kind of feel it out. And it's, I don't know, I think I might actually. Move here. You're going to make the jump. I might make the jump. I think I'm at a point in my life that I kind of want something new and there's opportunities here and I've had some meetings that have been going great and the hiking and the weather and the people and 
It might be time for that. So co-hosting Rob Has a Podcast today is one of the first hosting things you've done here in Los Angeles. Yes. I have a couple, I have two meetings tomorrow with some networks, but this is the first thing I've done here in Los Angeles. Have you put Miss Survivor on your resume? No, but it's in my Instagram description. (laughs) Okay, that counts. That counts for something. Ooh, I got a ding. Yes. Now, the word on the street from Instagram is that you got to actually watch the show with a number of survivors last night. Yes. Uh, we had a viewing party at Oren Pelly's, and he's a huge Survivor fan, director of Paranormal Activity, and wonderful. And uh, let's see, who's there? Uh, we got Cha-Cha out there. You we watched got, Survivor with Christina Cha? We got Cha-Cha out there. We got Philip, the specialist. I called him up. Can I tell a, a very a very funny, quick story yes. before we get into with um, Christina Cha that the night of the that we did the Survivor roast – we were like there were pictures on on Instagram or whatever of like all the people and Christina Cha like asked hey oh that looks like fun I wish I could, I could have been there and then Tyson wrote in the comments there was a meeting about it and it was decided that you shouldn't come I thought it was messed up <laughs> that's kind of amazing. It's like that's such a Tyson that's thing such a Tyson thing <laughs> such a Tyson thing to do but, yeah. burning Christina Cha so if Christina Cha is listening we did not have a meeting about that uh, so who else uh, Philip specialist was there Natalie yes. Kennerelli Oh, wow. This was like a whole... Did you guys uh, call Boston Rob on the phone? This was like a whole red-eye reunion. We did not call him. We should have, though. Hey, but- you guys got together. <laughs> to, uh, hey, it's buddy system. I'm supposed to yeah. be notified if you guys ever get together. <laughs> I know. Uh, he was. It was, did not invite Boston Rob. I don't even know where he is anymore. He's in... Florida, He's right? in Florida with yeah. his little babies. I still get Christmas cards from him. Oh, that's very, that's very nice. Uh, yeah, very good. And... Anybody else? I think that was all of the survivors. But Penner? Oh, Penner? yeah, obviously. Yeah, Penner. And Penner's yes. friends with Lauren. Yes, Penner was there too. And it's always fun. It's always fun to watch with survivors because you pause yes. after everything. You're like, okay, what do you guys think? What do you think of the secret idol? And so there's a lot of bickering going on about that. Yes, I was actually, I was there one time uh, last, or I guess during Caramo. And, and yes, it is like a, a whole thing. You pause and then you can, and then you can talk. Uh, it's, and then also everyone wants to be on my season. This happened. Oh, I did yes, this on this season. Yes. I mean, with Philip, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> All right, that's what happens. All right. All right. Let's let's get into talking about the season. Now, let's bring in our guest today. Uh, here he is. Let's bring in Vetus. And Vetus, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Yes. And Vetus did a good job pretending that he wasn't in the room for the last five minutes. So good job to you, Vetus. Well, you know, I was in the room and I did some fact checking while I was here. And unfortunately, you do not advertise your Miss Survivor on your Instagram. So I'm just going to call you out a no! little bit on that right Wait, now. Wait, hold on. I had I'm it sorry. on there. No. You know what? I did have it on there at one point. The only reason I took it down, why did I take it down? I don't know, but I was a little bit disappointed. You know, I'm meeting you for the first time and we're meeting under this guise of a lie. Okay, I'm going to put it back on there, but actually I did have it on for a second. But I think I took it off because then at one point I got paranoid that I was being braggy because I do that a lot. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, wait, my Twitter's like, oh, I'm doing this and this and this. And I have it on my Instagram. I'm like, maybe I'll just take it off for a second. You got to own it. You know, I okay, voted, I, I voted it, for you. I'm, so I'm don't tell back. Sierra that. Okay. But I did vote for you. Did you really? Yeah, I don't believe that. I did vote for you. All right. Well, let's get Uh-oh. into Survivor uh, Kagiyan because I already can see the comments uh, mounting on the bottom of the page of people saying that we didn't talk about Survivor fast enough. So let's get into the episode a, li- a little bit la- uh, from last night. And let's talk about what was going on with the whole thing with the immunity idol and Spencer and Tony. And I would love to get your sense uh, from both of you guys of did Spencer have to change what he did based on what Tony was doing last night? Tony's bag of tricks. 
Wait, hold on. Did Spencer have to change what he was doing? Did Spencer change the way he was going to play the immunity out? Did Spencer get played by Tony at Tribal Council? Oh, I see what you mean. I'm so, yeah, I'm so confused about all of that. I, I think Spencer, I think Spencer was originally going to play it on himself no matter what. And I didn't, it, it was weird. The whole, like, him, Tony bringing the idol out and then saying it was fake. And I'm really confused about that, and I kind of need someone to explain it to me. Yeah, so Please explain this to us. So basically, what happened is that Tony wanted to 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 give you know Spencer brought out the idol, and Tony wanted to make him think that oh you're going to play an idol, well I'm going to play it. Like I'm not like, making him think he expected he was going to play it. So basically, Tony wanted to scare Spencer into using it on himself. That's all. Tony really wanted to do and Spencer really had a 50-50 shot and I know Spencer's a smart guy and I believe that Spencer's probably one of the smartest people out there still and I know he was probably running the numbers as 50-50 him or Jeremiah so unless he was going to go to Jeremiah unless he was really tipped off he had to play it for himself and there was, there was really no other option for him that's what I thought too he's going to play it on himself because that's the worst thing if you're going to play an idol on someone else and then you're voted out well isn't the worst <laughs> thing when you have the idol and you don't play it and then you get voted out isn't that the worst thing yeah that's pretty bad yeah I think I mean it's a 50-50 guess but i do think that they laid down they they fell on the sword a little bit too quick there they they had jeffra and when jeffra came with that whole honesty thing i'm not gonna be with you i'm gonna be with my other alliance they could have played this whole well at least you know jeremiah could have gone at least tell me you're gonna vote for me at least tell me that and then she could have been the one that spilled the beans and then they would have known who they're gonna vote for i mean they could have got more information from her instead of just letting her go back with her alliance well she approached jeremiah who i don't know what's going on in his head and it was the cutest little scene ever you know uh i don't think i'm gonna vote with you is that okay and he's like that's okay <laughs> i didn't know you did impressions you did jeremiah and jeffra yeah oh wow you are miss survivor but it was so funny because wouldn't i would think that when jeremiah told spencer and tosh about that uh, wouldn't they want to go to Jeffra again and convince her more? It was very odd, the whole thing that happened, where they all sort of just, you know, laid down and died. Once Jeffra was like, oh, I'm not going to vote with you guys. Or like, And Jeremiah was like, oh, that's cool. Well, you know, okay, whatever. Um, and they were all just like dealing with it. And I felt like that seemed very unsurvivor like to not try to. Well, I guess they felt like they had plan B, which was, okay, we're going to get them with the idol. Okay, so we'll, we'll, you know, we have the 50-50 chance of this idol plan working. And I think they put all their eggs in that idol basket rather than try to convince anybody else to, you know, go back. And, of course, there's a lot we don't see. I know. I was just really surprised there wasn't a scene of them talking, okay, who are they going to play it on, Spencer or Jeremiah? Were they, were they so sure that Spencer was getting it played on? Yeah, I think I think they could have done a lot more with that. They could have used Jeffra because she was forthcoming with that. I'm not going to vote with you. Jeremiah could have you know done this plea of, well, at least tell me if I'm going to be the one to go. And then she might have said, okay, you're going to be the one. And then Spencer could have given it to Jeremiah. It's- or they could have maybe done some subtle politicking to try to sway the vote one way or the other, made it better than 50-50. But it's tough. No, exactly. I know what you mean. Like they should have actually used Jeffrey in that moment to get more information. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, if you're Spencer and you have the idol, unless you're convinced it's not you, you got to play it for yourself. I want to talk about this Tyler Perry idol, which everybody uh... everybody's talking about, and I want to talk about it especially because Miss Survivor is here, and Miss Survivor, I think that this is all your fault. Why is that? Because Jeff Probst got a text from Tyler Perry. After Survivor Caramoan finished airing. And that text said, hey, I've been watching the show. I think that people should get to play the idol after the votes are read. 
And going back and looking at what Tyler Perry must have seen to make him say that, the only thing that makes sense is that Tyler Perry said, I like this, I like this blonde girl, Andrea, <laughs> that she should have gotten, she had an idol. That stinks that she got voted out. She should have been able to play her idol after the votes got read. I like that theory. I'm going to have to tweet I mean, is, is there anything else that makes sense? No. No, there's absolutely nothing else that makes sense. I think that might be So it. T- apparently Tyler Perry loves Andrea. Yay. And then he got pissed that she got voted out with an idol. And he said, that's it, Jeff. He, he got on his phone and texted Jeff Probst, you need to change the rules. Because this is messed up that this girl that I liked had to get voted out and she had an idol. And so then they invented this thing or they brought it back from mothballs. I mean, I'm, I'm totally on board with that theory. And I also, but I don't like that. I don't like the special idol. <laughs> so not, I, mean, I think as a player, yes, if you find the special idol, that's awesome. Your world is rocked. But just as a viewer, I don't, I don't like it. But it's your fault. It's my fault. Okay, fine. It's my fault. I created this thing. I'm this so is sorry. Your fault. I should have played the idol. Okay, I get it. I'm laying this at your feet, Andrea. And now we have to deal with it. All right, I take all responsibility for this. So now what do we do? Okay, do we so now some- Tony- we got to get a bigger celebrity than Tyler Perry to text Jeff. Who? Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. There is nobody bigger than Tyler Perry. So how do we now, Tony has the idol. Is it just, you know, a done deal that Tony is now in the final four and there's nothing anybody can do about it? Yep, Tony's in the final four. I mean, I, have, I, I don't see a scenario, unless Tasha or Spencer continue to win immunity, I don't see a scenario in which the people that he's with turn on him or he doesn't make it two times in a row. Because with the idol, he's guaranteed at least one safe. And I just, he's in the majority. They seem pretty strong. He's in the end. And I'm also really confused. Okay, this is why, going back to that whole idol thing, this was at a viewing party. I watched the episode once, and I was also a couple glasses of wine in. Okay. Well, I missed the portion of the, he brought his idol out to scare Spencer, to throw him off. And then he said, well, this is fake. So, so does everyone else think that, that Tony pulled out a fake piece of thing? Is, I mean, he's going to go back to camp and what? Say, oh yeah, that was a fake, a fake idol. I think that's what the plan is for Tony. How, do, how does anybody, why is he still here? Wouldn't you just, wouldn't everyone be like, okay, this guy is psycho. Like he's crazy and he runs around like a little scurrying rat. I'm just surprised he's still in the game. Well, I think that there's sort of a fine line right now of that. I think that the people that are with Tony think, oh my God, like first off, I think they think we control the numbers here. Even if it's just Tony, I think that we think we have him cornered. And I think they feel that Cass and and Trish and to a lesser degree Jeffra and maybe Wu think okay we have Tony figured out we know where where he is he can't out he can't outnumber us and so I think they feel like they have him under control and if he's like you know tricking the other people or lying to the other people I guess that's fine and I think that they think they're going to get rid of Tony eventually and when they get down to you know four and three you know they can you know they can go without Tony and then I think maybe they're also thinking. That Tony is so irritating and so annoying that he's the fill-up of this season. And we saw this a lot with Shamar in Survivor Karamoan where people said, okay, we're going to keep him around for as long as possible because there's no way he can win in the end. And Cass even said that last night about how, you know, every time you vote out somebody that's annoying, you're screwing yourself. So he's so annoying. So if we vote him out, we're screwing ourselves. And so maybe they either think that they either have him outnumbered or at worst, they can beat him in the end. I know, but it's what came up last tribal council was also that Tosh and Spencer all said they were going to vote for Tony. 
I mean, that was their plan. There's obviously that was their plan to throw everything up and cause a stir. Good. I'm glad you brought this up too because I want to talk about th- this as well. I want to get back to some ways to possibly diffuse to cut the the blue wire on the Tyler Perry idol and and set and allow it to safely be diffused before the final four. Okay, so. Going back to this. So last night at Tribal Council, Spencer says, all right, hey, you guys, you can uh, you know, go with Tony. But just so you know, if you get to the end with Tony, we're all voting for Tony. We're all voting for Tony. And we will all, that's three votes for Tony right there if you take him to the end because he played the best game and he's playing all of you guys. In Survivor Blood versus Water, uh, Vetus, you were in a similar situation. okay? And there was Tyson. But you took the exact opposite approach and said, hey – if you guys uh, don't work with with me or whatever, Tyson, if you don't save me, I will not give you my vote. Okay, which is basically you know the uh, almost the exact opposite argument to make to where you know one is I'm gonna re- I'm gonna give something to Tony if if we get to the end or if you get to the end with him, and you're saying to Tyson I'm not gonna vote for you if you get to the end. So what is the better strategy? Wow, that's a really really good question. I think that um, it's a little bit apples to oranges, but I think it's you know two sides of the same coin. I think Spencer had a great argument at Tribal, telling them, "Hey, we're going to vote for Tony." He called out the leader, and I mean, when I when my time was up, I tried to call Tyson out just as hard. I said, "Tyson's running, and you guys need to know if you don't get him out, you know, he's going to take this thing to the end." And um, I just I really don't you know going back to Tony, and I don't think he's as annoying as America thinks. I really, he's not like Russell Hans, where by the end everybody hated him. I, you still see this likability at tribe camp. You still see people getting along with him, believing in him, wanting to hang out with him. Even though we see his side interviews and we are like, this guy is duplicitous to the nth degree, I don't think the other people see that with him. So he still has a certain likability there that is not, you know, as irritable as, you know, Russell Hans or Philip or Shamar or some people like that. Now, Philip on the island, now he did, he was irritating to people at home, but also was irritating, like a lot was made on the show that he was irritating. Only Cass has called Tony annoying on the show so far. Yeah, Yeah, I do. I agree with you. I think people actually kind of like Tony or maybe it's like an eye roll thing. You're like, oh, Tony, like what is he doing? Scurrying off. But it does seem like people, he's not a hated person like a Russell Hans. Okay. The whole thing with not voting for Tyson, and you did not vote for Tyson in the end, and, and I actually won my Survivor Fantasy League last season because you got two points for a jury vote, and your jury vote for Monica actually made me win my Fantasy League. So thank you very much for that, Vetus. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, so uh, now uh, so many different things I want to talk about with, with that also, but I know i gotta, I, I got to stay focused on, on, on one thing at a time. It's um, hard. It's hard. So – you know the the pain of hey Tyson, I'm not going to vote for you if you if you get to the end. Didn't change anything. He's not he's not going to do anything different. I wonder if you can sort of like use the like hey if you don't overthrow your leader, then I'm going to then you you will you will lose the game because you didn't overthrow your leader. I think. It's really early to start talking about who's getting the jury votes at this point. As a a strategic point on the beach, as a viewer, you can start thinking about, okay, who's going to get whose votes? Who likes who? Is it a bitter jury? Is it a strategic jury? But I think when you're there, you're still just focused on getting to the end. And when I told Tyson, there's no way I'm going to vote for you if you don't let me stick around one more vote, I think that at no point did he even consider that as, okay, I'm going to lose Vetus's vote, not a big deal. He just needed to get further in the game. Now, in your mind, is that an empty threat when you say that, or do you 100% mean it? 
Um, in that moment, I 100% mean it. But then you get voted off. You go to Ponderosa. You get some food in your belly. And but you for me, carry through with it. it but it, for different reasons altogether, in, in fact. Um, well, on one hand, I wanted to make that threat be a viable threat should I get to come back in the game and play again. But on the other hand, talking to everybody at Ponderosa, I knew it was going to be 8-0 Tyson. I knew Tyson had it, and I just didn't think Jervis deserved second place. I did not think Jervis deserved a tie for second place. So I wanted to honor Monica because she had won so strong in the immunity challenges, and which is a big reason why I gave her that vote for second place. Now, when Spencer says, okay, that's three votes right here that are all going to Tony if he gets to the end, do you think that's an empty threat or or do you think that he will carry through with that if Tony gets to the end? And here's what's, what was great about how Spencer put it was it wasn't a threat. It wasn't like we're going to take our votes from you and give them to Tony. It was we believe Tony's running the show and we are going to vote for the person who's running the show. It wasn't a threat of we're going to take our votes from you. He never implied that they even deserved a vote. So I, th- I think it was just he stated in a way that seemed it so natural and so honest where it made people think oh wait maybe I actually have to make a move in this game because Tony is really running the show if you think about Survivor Kagayan we wouldn't be where we are in this game right now if it wasn't for Tony Tony has taken every steer he is he is steering the ship right here and and they see it and I think Spencer did a great job of maybe hopefully opening up their eyes and hopefully for it now for him because he's in a really sticky situation hopefully Tony's alliance will now turn on him and that was I think Spencer's plan Andrea did refresh my memory did anybody ever do this with Boston Rob in Redemption Island did anybody say stand up and say hey if you guys don't get rid of Rob we're voting for him because he is running the show and unless you guys get rid of him he's getting our votes in the end yeah, that happened. I mean, Redemption Island is a sore subject. And did it subject. change anybody's mind about anything? Did I that think work? We were so obsessed with the idea of having our alliance getting rid of them. We, because of the buddy system, we didn't even know them. So flipping over didn't really make sense because we're flipping over to people we've never talked to before. And uh, people did bring it up. Yeah. And I remember one time, even Steve. Yeah, Steve, if you remember him, brought it up to the girls. Yeah, barely. I barely remember Steve. Um, Brought it up to the girls and was like, you guys, this is our move to take out Rob. And I knew knew the girls weren't going to do it. They didn't want to work with me. So the whole thing was just messed up. But people did do it. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's just – it's a real tough situation with the whole jury vote thing. I mean, in Blood versus Water – the people that were with Tyson thought that Tyson was so hated that they could take him to the end. Like Jervis thought he had a legitimate chance of winning because everybody hated Tyson because he backstabbed everybody. And in the end, all the jury was very respectful of the moves Tyson made. So you have to get down to the type of jury it is. And it, to me, it would seem that although the people are bitter, especially, you know, Morgan seems very bitter and LJ got blindsided. I'm going to go ahead and guess that they go a strategic vote, that they'll respect what Tony did instead of continuing to be resentful at Tony. For and obviously, yeah, and obviously it's going to depend who's to- who Tony's up against. Yeah. I mean, that's everything. It is. All right, let's go back to the t- talk about uh, how t- what can you do that Tony has this idol, okay? And so a lot of people emailed me about this and said, hey, 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 this is not over because there are a couple different scenarios that could unfold where Tony does not make it to the end, where this Tyler Perry thing does not get all the way to the end, where we are able to disarm the blue wire and not have this thing go off and take Tony all the way to the final four. So here's one of the things that somebody had said, had, and honestly, I, I wish I would have uh, printed out, but there were so many different people. What if, okay, if it gets discovered that Tony has this idol, okay? First off, could if it's not discovered, could Tony get blindsided twice? Okay? 
So basically, the alliance goes, like, basically Spencer or Tasha, they're able to get everybody together, and they vote out Tony at 7, okay? Now, Tony doesn't get voted out at 7, and whoever, I guess, Tony voted for ends up getting voted out. Now that he had this idol, he's still vulnerable. Could he then get voted out at 6? No, he couldn't. And I'll tell you why. Because because what he did with LJ, he told Wu, hey, guess what, Wu? LJ's gunning for you. So to, to Wu, Tony is his savior. To Wu, oh, Tony saved me. So there's no way Wu's going to go back on Tony. Same thing with Trish. Trish had LJ and Tony. And now that LJ's gone, she's with Tony. I trust Tony no matter what. She said it in the episode last night. So he's got Wu and Trish no matter what. And at the six, that's three of them. So I just, it's not going to happen. What would you think if this idol is discovered? Is there a way to... Wait, no, that wouldn't work either. It's... Could... You wouldn't think it's likely. But could Tony potentially play himself out of this? Where, let's say, Spencer puts some sort of fear in him that, hey, Tony, there's a women's alliance happening. And he's like, wait, what? There's a women's alliance happening? <laughs> I got to get my alliance together. And I'm going to go and get my guys. And then and then uh, it's like, hey, look, everybody. Look what Tony's doing now. And everybody's like, oh, that's it. We're fed up with you, Tony. You're, go- you're going out. Okay. Couldn't, isn't it possible that if he ends up at the bottom, he would still, like, he would be able to have immunity for one week? It would be almost the same as, like, the hidden immunity idol that he could play it and not have the votes bounce off him. But wouldn't he still be at the bottom for a second time? I mean, I just don't see those particular women working together with Chaos Cass and the, the loyalty that Trish has to Tony and, yeah, Jaffra, just, you know. Little sweet Jaffra. Okay. Hypothetical. I mean, it's possible. It's possible, I think, totally. I think, yeah, I think it could be possible. It just Wu has to wake up, and Trish seems to be very close with Tony as well, even though he blindsided LJ and didn't even tell her about it. It just seems that they're, you're yeah. thinking it's, what are you thinking? Well, I don't think it's likely. But let me give you another scenario that came across my desk this morning. Now, where, yes, this is a super-powered idol that has to be played after the the votes get read. But what if there was a split vote situation? And how would this work? Where, okay, you have seven people left in the game. What if somehow, if Tasha... If Tasha and Spencer could get together with with the other with the other three women that are left in the game, okay, could they potentially uh, do a split vote where you do some sort of some sort of a tie? Uh, I'm sure. Could you do that with with seven? Yeah. So I thought about this actually on the way here. Is that let's say okay, let's say they take Spencer and Tasha pull strings and they do a split vote between. Uh, Tony and Wu, let's say. So then it would be three on Tony, two on Wu, and then their two, so then Tony and Wu are voting for one people, so then it's a split. Tony plays his idol and saves himself, then there's votes on Wu, and then there's votes on someone else, let's say Spencer, and then there's a re-vote, and then it'd be 3-3, three, three, right? Vetus, could this work? I mean, that is possible. With seven people, that's possible. That's, that's seven people, you could do 3-2-2, two, two. of course you could, but... It's just, but like you it, said, unlikely. Would it flush the idol, though, if, it, let's say, the votes came in, it was three votes Woo, three votes Tony, and then, but let's... No, it has to be 3-2. Three, 3-2? Two. Three, two? Three, two, two. Okay, okay, then, okay, because then it's three votes Tony. Tony, you're voted out, and then he's not voted out, but then it's still a tie, and then we have a re-vote? Then it's still a tie between, let's say, Woo and Spencer, so then there's a re-vote, but those three people can't vote. 
So then you're dealing with what? Look at how excited Miss Survivor is. <laughs> on the, odd, on, on, on <laughs> the <laughs> off chance, and this is, you know, slim and none, it was a yeah. three to three vote. I wonder if you would go to a revote before Tony would have to play it again. Or, I mean, he would be foolish to play it before the revote. You do the revote, and then if he's out, then he would play it. I mean, he would never have to play it during a tie. Yeah, right? so, all right, so what's, it on a tie. what's the scenario here? So we're going to put three votes on Tony. Okay. Three, three votes, votes on Tony, Wu, two, votes on, two votes on Wu. Okay, you can do that too. No, because okay, there's so, only seven people. All right, so let's just make it easy. Let's put Cass, uh, <laughs> Trish, and Jeffra. They all vote for Tony, okay? And then Spencer and Tasha, they vote for Wu. Okay, that's two votes for Wu. And Wu and Tony, they vote for Spencer. Spencer. Okay, so now Tony is voted out. And his and he's now he's got to play his idol, and now we have a now we have a revote here for now. Does everybody vote in the in the re in the re-vote? revote? In the, no, the only people who vote are the people who aren't on the block. So it would be so now Tosh. so now Spencer and Wu wouldn't vote, okay? And so then so basically the votes would be Tony, and then the other. Four people? Can Tony, only can people Tony you, vote? But though? the only people you can vote for are I the think people Tony who would are be out. able to vote because he would be back. It wouldn't be a tie between Tony anymore. So yeah, now he's he safe himself. So now Tony can vote, Tasha can vote, and then Cass, Trish, and uh, Jeffra can vote. And now they can vote out Wu. And Tony and doesn't then, have an idol. And then we flush Tony's yes! idol. We did it. <laughs> so all we have to do to flush the idol is get <laughs> Tasha and Spencer to be the new four and five instead of Wu and Tony, which they, they wouldn't do that because they'll win the game. I, I actually kind of hope that happens. Instead of Tony playing the idol and then he gets to pick whoever he wants to go home. Yeah. Right? What we just came up with is was pretty good. What we just came up with would be way more exciting than what's going to happen. Justin, what's, what, <laughs> yeah, anything we could come up with is going to yeah. be more exciting than but what's going to happen. But this is good that we fleshed this out because there are people who maybe are not even on this season. Okay, There are people who are listening to this podcast who are future Survivor players. There are people who listen to this podcast that are going to be on Survivor 29. People are going to be on Survivor 30. And this stuff is out there in the ether now. And we might see a season in the future where this happens because we drew this up. And you never know. Spencer and Tasha are really smart. This It could happen. It's, it could happen. I think that they would love for this to happen. I don't think that – I don't see why Trish, Jeffra, and – uh, Cass would go along with this yet, but also, also we <laughs> have to. He is shaking his head for no. you guys. But also, we still have to discover whether or not they find out about the idol. Yeah. Now, Th- then it's an idol with special powers. So could this unravel for Tony, where people say, "Hey, Tony, what, what, what was that <laughs> that you had at trial?" Like, what? No, nothing. That was I found the old thing and I put a rock in the old case for the old idol. And then that's what what it was. I, I talk about my bag of tricks every tribal council. <laughs> yeah, boy, if you were in Tony's alliance and he kept talking about his bag of tricks, would that make you nervous? Yes, completely. Like if Boston Rob is like, hey, you know, I got a bag <laughs> of tricks over here. Don't worry about what's in my bag, but don't worry. Everything about Tony makes me nervous. And also, he's going around making spy shacks. I mean, that's taking some time. Wouldn't he be like, where's Tony? Like, why is, Why are they just letting him run around? You'd be really paranoid about what he's doing. It was odd watching the episode because there was a couple times where Tony just took off and just started bolting. He's very through, fast. <laughs> bolting through the jungle. So it's speedy. dangerous. I don't know how the camera like guys that. even came And you know the camera them. crews are angry. They must have been <laughs> shouting at him, Tony, come back here. <laughs> come back, slow down, Tony. Uh, and he's building spy shacks all over the place. Do, do you really think the spy shack worked that well? 
I don't know. How come Philip didn't think of building a spy shack? I'm surprised he didn't. Uh, is this going to be a survivor staple in episodes to come and seasons to come? Will people be doing spy shacks season 30? It's so tricky, though, because, you know, when you're trying to spy on somebody and the camera guys are kind of making it obvious, you're like, go away. Why is our camera pointing at me? And so I don't know. That was that was hilarious. All right. Now, Andrea, I know that you have done some acting mm-hmm. in your day. They have accused Tony of being an Academy Award mm. nominee mm. actor uh, for his work in Survivor. That's what Trish and what Jeffro were talking about last night. Do you think Tony has the chops to turn his Survivor career into an Academy Award winning acting career? Oh, I, I mean, I wouldn't put anything past Tony. Very doubtful, but... <laughs> really? You think he could have a career as an actor? I, I don't know if you can take him seriously, though. I think Tony would be too paranoid that people are going to come take his roles. <laughs> I think he's so good. paranoid, but he is a good. He, I guess he would be a good actor. Yeah, I mean he's tricking. He's tricking people. His whole thing when he did the LJ versus Wu thing. I mean that was that was great. That was good material. Tony's, Tony is smart, and, and and I think Tony's career gives him a lot of help with that. Just sussing out you know lies from criminals, like when you when you thought, bust people, when you pit them worker? against each other. You know it's. Kidding. Dealing with the underbelly of society has prepared him for the game, and he is very well prepared, and he's playing an excellent game. Okay, so you think though he's killing it? I mean, Tony's oh, running the show. Tony yeah. has t- Tony is taking the game to where it is now. I'm not saying I love him. I would rather Spencer. I like Spencer. I like people that play in a different way. But these people have fallen so susceptible to his charm and to his magic and they just don't see what we see. I think it's kind of what Sophie said on her on when she came on the podcast that he's playing a very offensive game and he just has to be on the offense. He has to be making big moves. Next move will probably be huge. I mean, that's just kind of how he has to play at this point. This is huge. It's huge. <laughs> All right. I want to play a game with the listeners here. We're talking about Tony as an Academy Award potential winning actor after his Survivor career. So as you're listening to this and you have some ideas for some uh, titles of the movies that Tony could appear in after the fact, tweet to me and uh, as well as if you guys want to be on this too, tweet to uh, Vetus and Andrea too for hashtag Tony movies. (laughs) And give me the names of the movies that you would come up with for Tony. Uh, For instance, I'll give you one. How, How about the Spy Shack Redemption? Uh, okay, so that. these are original, okay, these original are movie these titles. Yeah, come up with original movie titles yeah. for Tony movies. Okay? Okay. All right, I wish so I had see. some right now. One, one flew over the cuckoo spy shack. <laughs> one, sure. Uh, we'll give you that. Yeah, that's that's a ding. Thank yeah. you. There you go. So uh, hashtag give me Tony movies as you listen to this podcast uh, over the next couple of days. All right. Let, let's talk about – how about uh, convincing Jeffra to uh, – to stay in, in the game. Now, Vitas, you were somebody who was very convincing during your time in the game, and there was times where it looked like that Kat was going to stay over you or Laura Boneham was going to stay over you. So how do you convince a group of people uh, and this, in the instance of this, this was a bunch, a group of people trying to convince one person to make a decision. But how do you get people to change their mind and influence people on Survivor? Because you have to make it seem like it's the best choice for them. You know, and you're convincing somebody of something you want them to do. You cannot tell them because it's what you want them to do, or it'll further further your game. You have to create an argument which makes sense for their game, and which is going to tell them and put in their mind that they think because they make this move, it betters them and it betters their chances at winning. And it always has to be about them. You cannot try to convince somebody of what they're going to do based on any sort of your own opinion. You have to phrase it in their words and their language. 
That makes well, a lot of sense. Yeah, well put. That was well said. You're convincing me. <laughs> yeah. And so what could they have said to Jeffra? Um, here's, I mean, maybe what, see, when Jeffra's coming in as the four, she's clearly, okay, I'm a four and they're three tight. What they needed to do was maybe break one or two of them off to go to Jeffra and say, hey, Jeffra, I know we seem three tight, but we really don't like Spencer. Come with us. We'll get Spencer out at the four and we'll take you to the end. You have to show that there's space for her to get further in that three, that she's not just a fourth and the three, because at that point, okay, she's five and the fifth and a five or fourth and a four she's at the bottom either way you have to convince her that there's fractures already you know take tasha set her aside say hey i really don't like jeremiah and spencer come with me it'll take me and you to the end girl like girl power something like that needed to happen instead of three on one all trying to bring her in that's very smart and also i think it seems like jeremiah and her have a bit of a connection because she went up to him and said she wasn't going to do it so he's the one that should have approached her and said that you know at least done what you were just saying there also, I don't know if Jeremiah is capable of that conversation. I don't know. It seemed like Jeremiah had kind of stopped playing a little bit at this, this last episode last night. He seemed very resigned to his fate as far as whatever was going to happen. He w- was very sick. Model. He was oh. he, he actually got very sick after he went to Ponderosa. I watched his Ponderosa video, and he like had to be treated with IV, and he, had, he was throwing up. He had diarrhea, uh, so okay. it was like a whole it was like a whole thing. I don't know if he, if if he was staying in the game if that would happen. I don't know if it was like a reaction to the, the medication that they had been treating him with for stuff, but I don't know. Wasn't that so adorable, though, the fashion model thing? Yes. I was so... Did you Google him when he said that? Uh, I did not. I immediately Googled Jeremiah Wood model, and it was, I mean, there's some okay, rocking well, rock underwear shots on there so, for him. It was so cute, though. I was just like, oh, bless his heart. All right, yeah. so what prompted you to Google Oh, wait, let's Google, see what we, what we find. Google, uh, well, he Jeremiah. said, he said in the episode, if you Google my name, you Jeremiah Wood, just put model to Anne, and you'll see all my stuff. And there's some straight now, underwear shots. I mean, rock and body Jeremiah when they say you'll see all his stuff what did he mean by that oh that picture right there (laughs) which 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 one is this is is the second the second one here this is good that's a bunch that's a bunch of stuff right (laughs) yeah I mean that's his stuff you you can't (laughs) uh what, what I think is much more interesting is that there's a, a really nerdy picture of Spencer that shows up. Oh, does I not love, look like the same guy. I, I love Spencer. You know, Spencer is really a, really a nerd at heart. He and I have been playing chess online almost, oh, almost every yeah. day ever since the season has begun. And does he whip your ass? Uh, we're, we're about even. We're both expert players. I've, I played a lot in grad school, and he's been a tournament player for years. So we're about even. I'd say he slightly has the edge on me. He has a lot going on in his life right now, so he doesn't have as much time to think as I do. But Got it. He's very good chess player. I'm kind of jealous that you get to hang out with Spencer online. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm obsessed See, with I've Spencer. Been, I've been playing uh, Words with Friends with Cass for uh, for months, and she's really, she's terrible. She thinks there's a Y in the word fighting, so it's really, <laughs> I, I'm really just destroying Cass, Chaos Cass in uh, Words with Friends. I've been Snapchatting with LJ and Whoa. a lot of pictures of horses, and yeah. I'm like, okay, stop, LJ, get it, you're a horse trainer. But you're into horses too. I've seen pictures of you on horses. You've been yes, Snapchatting actually, with LJ too. <laughs> what? <laughs> you as well? Uh, yeah. No, I grew up. I used to barrel race, and I trained horses growing up. Wait, hold on. Everybody is on social media with the former survivors except for me. Why didn't I hear about this from anybody? Wait, who is that? I think. I think you've. <laughs> well, I think you've also, Rob. You've also elevated yourself to a place where yeah, you're a little bit, you know, survivor royalty. Oh, well, Fed. I, I will never be uh, royals. That's a, uh, and not the queen bee of Survivor. Uh, that's that's Andrea, Miss Survivor. Yeah. She is, both of you. I feel like I'm in really good company. I feel like, oh, I don't know if I'm quite worthy of this. 
No. You're, you are worthy. Yeah. You are worthy. You're worthy. Don't go fishing for compliments. For you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was born and raised in L.A., so, you know, narcissism is really at my core. <laughs> yes. Um, so was this a good move for for Jeremiah? So apparently, like he's very uh, he's very smooth in all the in all these pictures that we see here on the on the internet. So he's gonna you know go into the game with like long hair and like uh, and like a sort of like a scruffy beard, sort of trying to downplay the Abercrombiness of the pregame. Jeremiah, is that? I think that was his plan because he obviously thought that this this information he was giving up was such crazy news and that's why he was hiding it yeah maybe he thought he was going home and that's why he wanted to you know let them know let them in on the secret I think in the beginning, I mean, there's two, there's two faces of the game when it comes to likability. In the beginning, you want to be likable because you want people to work with you. And that's why you would hide something like that. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a fashion model because people have preconceived notions to what a fashion model is and what they're about. But at this point of the game, where likability is a liability, he should almost share with everybody, hey, guess what? I'm a fashion model. Tell everybody. And then they might think, oh, nobody's going to like Jeremiah because he's a fashion model anymore. Because at this point, you don't want to be likable anymore because people aren't going to take you to the end with them. I don't know if it's a big enough thing. I mean, it's so not, many. It's the thing really. is, like, everyone Wait, are, knows that. Everyone knows are you talking that. Talking about his pictures again? <laughs> yeah, that's a ding. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I'm saying I don't oh. think I don't think that if someone told me, "Oh, I'm a fashion model," that wouldn't change anything. Like when someone tells you you're, they're a cop, you start to think, or a lawyer, you start to think different things. But if someone's like, "Hey, I'm a model," you're like, "Okay." I mean, a lot of people on Survivor are models, especially if you're on the beauty tribe. I don't know. I think that affects that... you. Like you actually, if someone you found out someone was a fashion model, that would change the way that. A fashion model or an intellectual, I would say I'd, I'd probably rather hang out with an intellectual or somebody that, you know, and that's not to say there like aren't, strategy they're, they're, strategy they're, those two things are mutually exclusive, but I do think that there are preconceived notions toward fashion models. People think they tend to be ditzy and very hey, all about themselves. Fabio was a fashion model and he won, he won the freaking game. Yeah. So I think that is a good track record for fashion models. Now let's have a model off real quick between Jeremiah Wood and uh, Jay Byers. So, oh. Miss, Miss Survivor, who has the leg up here? Jay Byers. Jay Byers. Is it, yes. is it close? No. Is is Jeremiah Wood, real name? Is it what? Jeremiah Wood. That's his real name? That's his real name. Okay. Yeah. Right? Great it's name. Not a model name? Great name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Wood, not in the same class as Jay Byers as far as male modeling goes? I mean, that's my opinion. Jeremiah is very attractive. Don't get me wrong. But Jay Byers has, I think, to me, Jay Byers is one of the most attractive survivor men. I think they're in the same class, but I do agree with her. Jay Jay is a beautiful man. Jeremiah is definitely a model, and he he looks great, but Jay... Yeah. I mean, have you, have you ever met Jay Byers? I did. I got to meet him at the finale of Blood vs. Water. He came to hang out. Who with, else um, can we? Monica who else Culpepper. can we Google? Well, you know, about, you know who else has an impressive uh, Google image search? How about how about Vetus? <laughs> Do I have to search model also? No, you know, just uh, look at those poses, yeah. Vetus. No, Vetus. It's very it's very tasteful because he does a lot of sh- shots in black and white. Thank you. That Thank you. Tasteful. I, if you look at me, no pictures in black and white. We Not go, tasteful. Did he go sepia? <laughs> no, no. Uh, okay, so let's see. Let's start to get into some questions that I have for uh for We know. I actually read a question on Twitter, oh, and it kind it. of segues from the last question about who's hotter. You know, somebody, I think, asked Andrea, was it, who do you think would be Mr. and Miss Survivor from this season? Oh, from this season. Yeah, if we had to go this season alone. I mean, a lot of it always depends on fan base, but I think LJ, maybe. Mr. Mr. and Miss, probably, hmm. That's that would be hard. That would be tough. 
Oh man. I mean, maybe Jeffra's going farther, and I think Jeffra's very likable and sweet. I think Jeffra. Jeffra has no More- fan base. Yeah, did, did she make oh, the wait, did, no yeah, fan but, support for Jeffra. okay but what about Morgan does she have yes, Morgan the, Morgan the, has the fan that would be the support <laughs> wait Hash, you're right hashtag I'll, okay. team papaya and, all, and Morgan can post some pictures for votes and I think yeah, everyone would go I, well. so Morgan and LJ actually that makes a good couple it's a runaway from Miss Survivor with I, I think so yeah. I think so the question is going to be is is Morgan going to be in the Brenda Lowe uh, persuasion of maybe not be interested in in the Miss Survivor. I don't know with her. We don't know. Yeah. She may not be, you know, she may not care. That'll be, (laughs) you know, if she wants it, and and again, from the edit that we saw, it doesn't seem like she's super motivated about things. (laughs) I can just see Morgan being like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, she really hasn't had to work for a lot in her life, has she now? We we don't believe so. But who knows? Who knows the real story? I mean, that's self-proclaimed. Yes, I guess she hasn't had to do too much. Uh, okay, let's let's start to talk about some of the questions here, and uh, I want to get uh, Andrea involved here as we pepper Vetus with questions. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so let's let's start off with uh, Karen Gill, who wants to know uh, why does everyone continue to listen to Tony, especially if they are aware that he is slimy. Is Tony slimy? He is so slimy, but here's but here's what's making his game is great. It because he's been hanging out. Here's the why he's playing a great game because I think he's slimy. And if I were to if I were to play again, it would be very difficult to me to want to align with somebody like that. But he is so good at not letting his slime show. He lets it show to us. Like when he does his side interviews, we see it. We see exactly what he's doing. But you can tell when he starts running. He walks the first hundred steps away from camp. He walks nonchalantly, and then he starts to sprint. Nobody really knows he's building a spike. We see all these things, but nobody sees it. So that's slime. Unfortunately, LJ saw it, and he was gone. Nobody else really sees it. Tony running is my favorite thing of the entire of the entire show. All right, why don't you take this question from Justin Tan? Justin Tan says, "What can Tony do to deflect attention now that he's viewed as the biggest threat to win the game?" What can Tony do to deflect? I I think just can. I mean, what Tyson did on Blood versus Water is really smart. Continue to convince people that I'm hated. I have made these moves, which makes me a hated person on the jury. You know, I blindsided LJ. LJ doesn't like me. I was the one that orchestrated these things, so keep me around. I'm not going to get any jury votes. That would probably be a good sign. Keep focusing on who's going to win the jury votes, Spencer and Tasha. We need to get them out. They have so many friends on the jury. That's what he needs to do. Do you think that Spencer is the next one on his list? I think Spencer's got to be the next one on I his list. I think so, too. Spencer or Tasha. And then I, I can also see him turning on someone else someone like woo he's like he always is looking for that next the next biggest threat to him i feel like spencer or tasha one of those two is definitely out next week yeah. and then i think there's a chance for the other one whatever one survives this could actually potentially go further but what would be great is if one of them wins immunity and then the idol's back in play because spencer played it last time maybe you could accidentally stumble upon it again that would be it. that would be a good episode okay this question is from louise johnson who wants to know why doesn't Vetus say Adas? Uh, I always grew up saying Aris. So, you know, in Lithuanian, you roll the Rs, so it's Adas. But uh, Adas has only been something he's been trying to make 
public the last year or so. So I'm just used to calling him Aris. And even Probst was used to calling him Aris. Like the first, I mean, he's, he mispronounced his name, I think, the first half of the season even. Oh, wait. So can I call him Aris if I want? Yeah. I, I mean, we've all called him Aris. All of Aris's best friends call him Aris. At home, it's Aris. Yeah. But it's, you know, okay, when he introduces himself to new like, people, it's Aris. I Otis. keep having to think and be, oh, Aris. Okay. But I, he's Aris. It's like the Aris. people that go to, a, you know, to get Mexican food and they say, I would like a burrito. Uh, please give me some chips and guacamole. It's, it's Aris. We're in America. We don't need to roll the R. Okay. Uh, why don't you take this question from Ron Chan? Okay. Ron Chan says, Vitas, do you, Rob as a podcast listeners get a discount at Yoga Works or Power Yoga East? Yes. Is there a promo code for the Rob as a podcast listeners? If you come take my yoga class, uh, just make sure you come see me before class starts. And if you're a Rob has a podcast listener, I will get your first class free at Yoga Works. Okay. Or Power Yoga East for that matter. Or Power Yoga East for that matter. I actually, it's funny, I was shooting a short film out here and somebody on the crew has taken classes with you. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fortunate to teach at two great studios in LA. So um, if you ever want to come take class with me, I mean, my classes are pretty advanced. If you're brand new to yoga, I would say probably not the best idea to come to my class first. But if you've taken some yoga and you want to get your butt kicked, make sure you bring a towel and then just come and say that you've listened to Rob Has a Podcast and you're in. First class free. Do you do yoga, Andrew? Yes, I do. Wow. Uh, well, I'm laying the gauntlet down to you then, Miss Survivor. Okay, let's go. Do you think you could s- handle my class? I think I could. Really? Yeah. Let's see. Make a muscle. All right, now make one for real. Now, come on, really make one. <laughs> what a flirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let's go. Well, let's go, go, go into that uh, subset of questions. Okay. Uh, Frank Clark wasn't Dearest Vetus, did you ever end up hooking up with that hot little yummy Katie oh, Collins? Gosh. Wasn't Tina trying to hook you up? Well, first of all, thank you for addressing me as dearest Vetus. I do appreciate that. Um, and no, me and Katie never hooked up. I love Katie. Katie is so sweet, and we cuddled, and we're friends, and we continue to talk um, weekly at least. Uh, she's great. Unfortunately, we live in different cities. We never hooked up. No. It's funny that someone just asked that. That's Frank. But, Clark. but you know, but that was Vintage a big Frank. Clark. That, and, I, and I will talk well, about you, that. But would you have been honest though if you had hooked up with her? That's the thing. Yeah, you know, a gentleman doesn't really kiss and tell. Yeah, but, but uh, this is Rob as a podcast, and everybody is, is once you come into the dojo, then you're this is a you know spin free zone. But that was something that I played up on my season. Like I saw that there is an in there for me with Katie's mom. Tina wants Katie to find a man, and as soon as I presented myself as that option, you know. I, say, I saw that. Katie Collins at the reality rally last weekend. She looks better now than she did on, on the show, which is so often the opposite. I, I don't think it's the opposite for smart city girls that are strong and independent. I think for maybe people that live in the middle of nowhere and just have kids and blow up over time, that's you know a different reality. But Katie's a New York girl. She's smart. She's educated. She's eating right. She's exercising. She's, I mean, she's a catch. I will say the one thing, a little bit of a turnoff. Not watching this season. What? No, she didn't. <sighs> Not watching this season. Ugh, I am disappointed. It depends on our reasons. Sometimes it's hard. I know I, it was really hard for me to watch the Philippines because it gave me this anxiety because I knew my season was coming up next. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes the season right after your season is really hard because it's so fresh. So sometimes that's the case. I, to be honest, I love watching others. I didn't like watching my season. Oh, I hated it. Like, give me somebody else's season. I love Survivor. I've been a fan so much longer than Aris. I mean, I've been a fan from the beginning. <laughs> is, Just calling him out. Is Otis the poser Survivor fan in the family? No, Aris is definitely a fan now. But I was a fan season one, season two, season three. Like I was watching it and Aris was, you know, 
you know, masturbating in his bedroom. And I was all about survival. The whole time it was on? I mean, I don't, you know, he was 14 at that time. I don't know yeah, now how, how old he was back then. All right. Uh, let's take this question from Felipe Shimon. All right. So Felipe Shimon says, a great looking dude was second juror last season. A great looking girl was second juror this season. Okay, that was a statement. Also, had Caleb and Hayden flipped back after you and Aris was voted out, who would be your final three? Tina and Katie and yourself, or Hayden and Caleb and yourself? All right, well, let's take the two parts there. So, uh, first, po- first part. Yeah, I was confused. The first thing was like, well, who was second jury the season before mine? Well, I, I'm not sure. Uh, Philip, would- Philip Shepard. Was that? Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> uh, now, jury. you were openly. Uh, Seemed like you were courting Morgan on Twitter, it seemed like, seemingly, uh, when you had said that, hey, a great-looking person got second jury member this season and a great-looking person uh, last season. Is that is that what you were doing? Is that the intention there? Uh, I mean, I think I, I've never met Morgan. All I do is I, I see, I've seen her on the show. We've never met in person. Vetus, are you trying to climb the papaya tree? <laughs> I mean, I do love papayas. She's a boyfriend, though. Yeah. A boyfriend. That's, that's, that's the thing. Um, and I was flirting with her. Yeah. I, I got to admit to it. Hands but, off the produce, buddy. But you know what? There's actually, I mean, uh, in general, I'm a flirt. And now, now I'm sitting to Miss Survivor, and I'm seeing something even better than, you know, Miss Papaya over here. So, you know, <laughs> oh, my, my view has changed. Papaya king. And there's so many, I mean, Survivor casting. Got to give it up to Survivor casting. Beautiful, smart, interesting women go on Survivor. So I am fortunate to be a part of this family now as a as a single guy because I get to be amongst us. He's just throwing it out there. They, they let the fox in the hen house. <laughs> now they can't get him out. Who would my final three have been? You really think I would have taken Hayden to the final three? Absolutely not. It would have been Tina and Katie. And they were, Tina's already won before and that's great. I'm not going to give it to another winner. Katie didn't really do that so much. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Katie is not going to watch the next season yeah. of Survivor. Like, <sighs> yeah, that's it. No, yeah, you would have one in that situation. <laughs> that, that argument would have sealed it? You know, unfortunately, you know, I know you feel like this, but you play the game, and I remember when I knew I was getting voted out, and I really thought I exhaust, had exhausted every option. And then when you get out, there's other options. Like, oh, wait, I, I could have done this. These, like, last-ditch options. So for you future players out there, it's never over. Like, you really, just this last night's episode, Jeremiah could have done more. They could have done more to figure out where the votes were going. Like, make sure you push all the way to the end to try to finagle your way just another few days in the game. Oh yeah, especially after you play. I remember my first season, the second time I was voted out, I was sitting there and I just thought, okay, I'm pretty much done. Like there's nothing else I could do. There's always something. Go just cause a ruckus. Do anything. I Dump out the rice. Yeah, freak out. <laughs> do something. Some, you know, there's always options. Andrea, the whole dumping out the rice incident this season, would that bring back scary flashbacks for you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, it did. I did actually. It was funny. When Brandon dumped out the rice, I was having a very emotional day. So I remember there's a scene of me crying and Brenda consoling me. But it, was, it was freaky because Brandon went AWOL. And that was kind of what you saw with this season as well. It's everything out there. Rice is everything everything it is that's all you're eating i mean it's a lot we had a lot of fish and a lot of coconuts and we actually had papayas on our beach too papayas and limes whoa yeah (laughs) there you go we had some coconuts but rice and and coconuts was all we had okay also andrea while you're here we had the scene earlier this season where Cass was babysitting spencer while he was supposed to be looking for the idol and she was supposed to be watching him and spencer found an idol while Cass was supposed to be watching him what were you doing? Hashtag SMH. What? 
What was I doing? Yes. What was your re- your reaction oh. to Cass letting oh, somebody was find my reaction. an idol? I was like, what was I doing? Like when? Uh, oh, it was it was funny because if you're going to be stalking, like when I went and stalked Malcolm to the well to make sure he didn't find the idol, I was watching him. I was like sitting right next to him, would not let him do anything. So she's right next to him, and he finds it. Like Cass, definitely SMH. And good job, good job for Spencer. I think that one goes more to props to Spencer than bad on Cash. She was standing next to him. I mean, you can't be expected to just stare at them for hours at a time continuously. Why, Andrew? The moment, the moment it, she yeah. looked away, the moment she looked away. I mean, he was. I will really sit, I will sit on a well for away? days. Yeah, Andrew wouldn't look away. No, I don't look away. Spencer, you, you, I I think it's smart. Now, when people go looking for idols, you, I think it's really smart to follow them. Yeah. And why? Why wouldn't they do that more in previous seasons? I feel like a lot of times... Well, that's why when you're going to go look for idols, you don't tell anybody you're going to look for idol. You make sure you're going to go take a nice long walk and you well, have that's... production help you. And when you go off, say, okay, I'm going to go off behind now. I don't know. I just think... I'm just surprised that Tony is able to go run and people aren't wondering where he is. Tony. Can't, can't Tony just say, uh, hey, guys, I got to go get cardio in. I'm, I'm training for a 5K. I got to go run now. I got to go get some new, uh, new parts of this tribal tattoo a little bit further down my shoulder. Do you like Tony's tattoo? No, I'm not a tattoo fan. Yeah, why not? I just I, I don't I don't know. Do you have tattoos? No, I don't have any tattoos. This is not my thing. Rob, you got any tattoos? I'm fa- considering. Rob one. has. Are you? Yes, I'm considering. I have a couple different designs that I'm considering. You should do a Rob has a podcast tattoo. <laughs> it's your life. That's probably what I should do. Um, okay, let's take this question. Uh, give Vetus this question from from Mike Bloom. Mike Bloom, how does Vetus feel about the abundance of balance challenges this season, considering he couldn't face any in Blood versus Water? Mm. Is this a sore spot? I mean, I feel like with my my daily yoga practice, I, I would have been pretty damn good at some of the balance stuff. Um, I think balance challenges are great because it really balance challenges are equalizers as far as men and women are concerned, and so often, I mean strong men are voted out because they're perceived as threats and then you get these challenges where strong men you know they really haven't they really have no advantage and especially balance so i like challenges that kind of equalize the playing field because it means that strong men aren't necessarily threats anymore let me give you a follow-up question this is from ari feinberg who says uh, this season so far all of the immunity challenges have been more willpower slash balance based while all the reward challenges were more physically active do you think that the producers are consciously choosing to do this because they want everyone to have an equal shot at immunity? And if so, is this a good choice or a bad choice? I like to mix it up. I think it's good to have some balance. I mean, if they were all balanced from here on in, I think that would be crazy. But I, I go back to Aris's first season, which was Panama, the first Exile Island. And Terry Dietz, you know, naval aviator, top gun fighter pilot, was killing it almost every single immunity challenge. And had the Tyler and Perry then idol. That, and then, yeah, he had Tyler Perry idol. And then final three comes, and he doesn't have the idol anymore. And guess what? It's a balance challenge, and he finally loses. So I think it's important to throw those in here and there. But... I mean, mix it up. Do some strength. Do some intellect. I love memory challenges. I love ones that are all about puzzles and about that mental stamina in the game. You know, because Survivor is much more outwit than it is anything else. So I like I, challenge people on that level. I'm a huge fan of the balance challenges because I'm really stubborn. And that's the ones I've won on my, all yes. the seasons. Is well, you won that they redid the challenge that you won from Karim Owen that Wu won. And I got 100 emails about, hey, how come Wu had special special shoes? You didn't need special shoes to win that challenge. No. Is that the water balance challenge? Yeah. Well, and also, Brenda and I, Brenda and I were going for four hours, I believe. And they were off right away. But they, they had wind. Yeah. 
That's a great challenge. I would love, I would oh. love to participate in some of those challenges. I mean, I love balancing. I, I, I slack line almost, you know, every, every week down by the beach. So I really like balance. Okay. This is a very interesting question. Uh, this is from Jason Lee and he wants to know, I don't think not the, not the guy from, uh, my name is Earl. Uh, it was brought up on the podcast that part of the reason that there might be so much chaos this season is that there are no returning players to sort of rein in any of the players with crazy plans. Having played with returning players and Andrea having been a returning player as well, can Andrea and Vetus provide any insight into how much of that is a factor and whether crazier plans get shot down by veterans who they played with? Obviously, Boston Rob controlled Redemption Island season fairly well, but perhaps there was more going on behind the behind the scenes than we actually saw. So is that a thing, that this is a season with all new players and that there's more people doing crazier things because there's no returning player to say, uh, hey, you know, actually the better strategy is to do this or not on my watch or anything like that? Yeah, I, I do think well, it depends. Like Definitely Redemption Island, uh, Rob was able to make sure that nothing went crazy. Like the one huge move was maybe at the merge when we voted out Matt Alrod when he came back in. But other than that, he had everyone on lockdown. But I, I think to an extent, if you had a couple of returning players in there that might maybe could convince Tony that he's going frantic and not necessarily making the right moves. But not even necessarily convince Tony that he's going frantic, but convince other people you don't want to align with this person. Look, at this point, it's five to two. They could still get rid of Tony and be four to two. You know, it's it's people like that that I think be playing you realize you don't want to align with just because they're loose cannons and and they're sort of you know you're at the whim of their emotional balance or imbalance. So I, I do think that a lot of these new players coming up they want to make big moves. It's all about big moves. I want to get asked back to play again. I got to make big moves. I got to make an impression on people. I mean, back in the day. It was get numbers and stay with your numbers no matter what. If you have numbers, stay with your numbers no matter how much you dislike the people you're with. Like ride that as far as you can. I think it's changing. I think now everyone wants to make big moves and already be thinking way ahead. And even I know when I went back for Caramoan, I was I would consider my threats that were even in my alliance. I mean, I targeted Corinne like way earlier than I should have and a lot of that happened because I was it's just a new way of playing the game, I think. Well, how much of that is sort of the atmosphere that you guys are brought into. I mean, on the episode last night, Jeff Probst, after he snuffs Jeremiah's torch, he comes out and says, all right, well, you know, we had another tribal council, so hey, big moves. They're happening all season, and if you want to get to the end, you're going to have to keep making them. Yeah, I remember I saw that he said, and there's probably going to be another big move next next time or something. I was like, no, there's yeah. not. <laughs> but I feel another like big that move. we're really saying that the culture of Survivor is big moves. And at the Survivor finale for Blood vs. Water, Jeff Probst stood up and basically like applauded Sierra and said, hey, Sierra, you make big moves. That's how you play Survivor. Now, I don't know if that necessarily is true, though. I mean, there are a lot, it's a lot more interesting to watch. Yeah. I mean, I like when people are making moves, even if they're stupid. Like Cass's move was dumb, in my opinion, and yet I, I love big moves because I'm a person that podcasts about Survivor. So I hope there's big moves every week. But I'm not sure that if I was advising a person, if I was like you know in somebody's ear who was playing Survivor, I don't know if necessarily big move every week was the way to go. No, I mean it has to be the right time. I think if you you can make one huge move and you think you can still win the game, but Tony's trying to make a big move every time. Yeah. It's it's. 
you got to make a move at some point. But I think con- continuing to be the one who's orchestrating big moves just puts a bigger target on your back. And you, it's something you don't want. The most important thing in Survivor is to keep the target off your back. But at some point, you do have to steer the ship in a direction that you want it to go. Otherwise, you're just a passenger in somebody else's. Hey, Randy Rice wants to know, I think I know what Vetus is all about. But just to solidify that, Vetus, what's your favorite attraction at Disneyland? Either park. Either park? We're talking about Disney World, Florida? Because I've never been there. Okay. Uh, um, Disneyland. What's my favorite attraction? You know that stuff? I haven't been to Disneyland in a long time. I think I always liked Space Mountain. But I don't know. I, maybe even on top of that, the teacups are... The teacups are all time. I mean, I, I can I have memories since I was a little kid of the teacups. I've never been. Okay. What surprised. about you, Rob? Um, I am not a big. If you, if you could imagine this, I'm not a big crazy ride guy. So I like you know a couple of the things like uh, you know the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the Haunted Mansion, uh, Thunder Mountain Railroad stuff stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I don't want to go upside down or anything like that. Never been to Disneyland. I've never been. Isn't Aww, that so sad? Andrea. Someone, sad. you know, someday someone will take me and somebody. Some, somebody. Some, someday your prince will come. <laughs> somebody who lives uh, in LA will take you. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so, how about this question? This is from uh, Zeong Peng Long. Why did you take that question? <laughs> a great name. Uh, he says, "What are your thoughts on the gray area between jurors and the players?" So, I think what he's probably talking about is when Wait, actually there's a there's oh a, a second line. Oh, there's a second line. In your season, Blood vs. Water, this situation occurred in Final Six with the Rock Draws. Editing, sh- editing shows the jurors, Aris, Caleb, and yourself laughing and nodding heads. This somehow influenced the flip in Sierra. Older seasons, like the Amazon, the jurors were not even allowed to wink at the players. Okay. Does, does production allow that to fly where the jury is now the cheerleaders for the big moves and so if somebody's considering a big move and, and basically the jury is now like the audience on the prices right and screaming like five dollars five dollars <laughs> five do it do it five votes i do think there's a gray area um like he said he she said um but it, you know, pr- the rule is you're not allowed to talk. I think production wants to happen. Anything will make the show better. And in that case, Sierra wasn't quite sure she wanted to draw rocks at that point. And so every time she looked over to us, we made sure we wanted her to draw rocks. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-huh. And every time say- <laughs> Hayden would say, you haven't done anything yet, we'd be like, mm-mm, haven't done anything yet. So we were really coaxing her hard to do it. But, yeah. you know, they were, you know, anything more. I think one time at some point, it, it didn't even make air. Aris said something in that tribal council or a later tribal council. And Jeff turned to Aris and said, shut up, Aris. And, you know, they're very strict as far as us speaking out at all. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I was on the jury and I wanted Cochran to win and I was kind of giving him looks of, like, who I thought he should take out. We had, like, a weird eye connection. He, like, understood what I was saying. Like, I was pretty much telling him, you have to sit next to Don because everyone hates her. So yeah. you got to take Don to the end. Oh. And we were doing, like, a look thing. And he, we actually, after the fact, he was like, no, I understood what you were saying. He knew he was probably going to take Don anyway. But there's, I don't know, I think production should probably be tight. The look thing is just so hard to understand. Yeah, because then you're wondering, wait, are you saying that I should keep should Don? Should keep or them or get rid of them? He says he understood, but, I mean, who knows? He's like, what is Andrew doing? She's crazy. Yeah, he's very adept at reading body language in Cochrane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Forsey wants to know, has anyone ever had their social game change as much post-merge as Trish? She went from having her presence in the game be enough for a tribe mate to quit 
to convincing Cass to flip, doing subtle damage control on Jeffra, and making bonds with potential jury members and her Pilates instructor. Stephen and I talked a lot about Cass. I'm sorry, about Trish last night. So, what do you think about Trish and her story so far this season? And is she a potential winner here? I could see Trish winning. I think she seems like well liked. She had that move with Cass. I think a lot of it's going to depend on what happens after this point. But it's true. She's had a lot of different situations happen. I think she's playing well. I like Trish. Yeah, you know, I actually read Stephen's article uh, this morning about the episode. And I I hadn't even thought about that much of Trish until I read it. And he made some great points. I mean, it really is true. Trish is doing some great stuff. I just don't know if everybody else will acknowledge it. If the other contestants see, oh, Trish is actually playing the game for us. They just see her as somebody who's a number that they're voting with. I, I mean... I just I'm not sure if there's a there's a group awareness of how well she's playing. How can Trish not be seen as the sherry in front of the jury? She has to make another big move and take control and also she can't be next to Tony at the end. I don't think it depends who she's up against. But could she be a potential Natalie White where people are so irritated with Tony and Trish comes off as sort of the more palatable alternative to Tony? Natalie was so sweet, though. And now Trish, what Trish needs to do for these last few days in the game is go talk to everybody and ask them about their lives. Like, tell me about what you do at home. She really needs to create friendships out there with every single person, whether she's with them or not. Maybe not out of nowhere, but she needs to start getting more likability. I don't see people loving Trish at the end oh, I want to spend weekends with Trish. I want to go out and visit Trish in Boston. I mean, I don't see those kind of relationships for her right now. She's playing a great game. Props to you, Trish. But I mean, if she's smart, she's going to know the two people she wants to be up against, and then that'll be everything. she got to bring Cass and, Cass and Jeffra. Yeah. Cass and Jeffra, she'd win. I don't know. Would she win against... I mean, would she win against Jeffra? I think she'd win against Jeffra. Jeffra, Jeffra wouldn't win. I would think so. Jeffra's got LJ. I think, I think Jeffra and... Maybe Jeremiah. No, I think Jeffra and Cass are the only two that couldn't win. I don't think that Jeffra could articulate her game yeah, to the jury. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think so. It'd be the questions of who are you and what did you do and she wouldn't be able to answer any of them. I don't even think that they would be as like negative to Jeffra. I just think like, uh, Jeffra, could you tell us like one thing that you did? And she's like, uh, surely. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to flip that one time in the cave, but then I decided not to. And then I thought to go back. Yeah. And I told Jeremiah, so I was truthful. Yeah, I think that if she went to the end, I think it would be probably a li- similar to whatever questions Natalie got. I was just going to say, Natalie Tenerelli, because she's a really sweet girl, but just didn't have a lot of but, didn't do a lot of strategy. Yeah, nobody was like, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, that nobody was like, Natalie, what did you even do? Uh, no, no one was too mean to her. Yeah, I mean, I know I was, was everyone you gets know, a little bitter, and then but no one was so nasty to her. I don't think. I'm trying to remember. I think I might have been a little mean, but I was bitter that, because I just got voted off and there was a day. And so I was a little mean to her, but it was because I was at the time I was upset, but we're friends now. OK, well, that brings us to this question from uh, Katrin Stutz wants to know Trish versus Tony versus Wu in a final tribal council. Who wins and why? Who would they vote for? I mean, that's what I think is going to happen at the final tribal um, Trish, Tony and Wu. And I just, it, it depends. It depends on the sensibilities of the jury. Are people going to be bitter? Are people going to respect that Tony, you know, made all the big decisions? Are people going to be bitter at Tony and give it more to somebody who, like Trish, who helped out, or Wu, who might be likable? I mean, and unfortunately, a lot of that, you don't know what the jurors are talking about and their perception. Yeah, no idea. It, I think I would actually like it to be that final tribal council, because that's more interesting than a, you know, Jeff or Cass, Trish. I think, I don't think Wu would, I think it would be either Tony or Trish in that instance. 
But Blue was so likable. He falls from trees. Yeah, but Spencer did kind of zing him a little bit last night with his vote. Hey, dude, voting <laughs> total for you. bummer. Total bummer. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, we like that. We like impressions when you vote. Um, all right, one last question. Edward Morris wants to know: Are either Spencer or Tasha going to be able to run the table to the finals? I'm hoping so. You never know. You saw in the preview they could pull Tony back over and make something happen. Wasn't he trying to get Tony back over because he was blaming Jeffro? Are they going to? I mean, if Spencer or Tasha can get to the end, they'll win, and that's all they need to do is get to the end. Tony can get to the end. Trish can get to the end. We can get to the end. They have more work to do as far as just more than getting to the end. But like if Spencer or Tasha out. can get I, to the end, if they were at, if they could get like two more weeks and get to five, I feel like they have a, uh, they'd have a fighting chance. But they're at seven. It's too many. It's yeah. day, yeah, it's day twenty-eight. They have to get eleven more days. And Tony is smart enough that he knows Spencer and Tosh are great in challenges and they would win. So he'd be kind of an idiot to not vote out one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. I think one of them has a chance. The two of them definitely don't. But, but it's, it's been a season where we've said, oh, this is what's definitely going to happen one week to the next. And it's been very unpredictable. It's been keep, a great season. Got to keep Loving making it. big moves. All right. Uh all right, so let's start to uh, to wrap things up. Uh, Miss Survivor, it's been great to see you here in person. I know. Thanks for having me. And Vetus, it's been great to finally do a proper podcast with you. You know, I, I felt slighted. Aris has been a part of this podcast so many times, yes. and I have never been a part of this podcast. I, I mean, I appeared briefly when Aris and I right. were running together for Mr. Survivor, and I appeared on my exit interview, but that wasn't even with you. That was so, with, with the great Josh you know, this Wiggler. This is a staple in Survivor culture. He did a, Josh did a very good job, though. He did a great job, but Rob, it wasn't with you. It wasn't, it wasn't with me. No, no, I'm finally getting to talk to you. Finally. Well, you've only been off the show for one season. It's not like I skipped a season with you all right yeah and i had so many people from your season and then we you know we would have had you on earlier in the season but we had yeah, I, I don't like, that's all yeah. that matters I'm, hey i'm here now and i'm just you, you i just want you to out, know i'm you grateful you called me out about the mr survivor instagram thing which totally oh. threw me out well, i like starting i like starting things no but i did have out. it you know what i'm gonna we're gonna be done this i'm gonna put it back up there uh-huh. all right there you go so by the time you're listening to this it will say it so vs will sound wrong are you he, are you following me on instagram uh i think i am you are okay yeah I'll make sure to follow you then, too. Okay. Yeah. Are you I on am. social media? <laughs> yes. Yes. I saw you uh, holding up a baby like Lion King at the White House. Yes. I was at the Capitol building holding up my son, saying, you could be a congressman, too. Yeah. One day, all the, the land that the light touches will be yours. Yes. Yeah. So, very, very good. Vetus and I are new dads. We're going to have a sitcom yeah. on Fox soon with Tony. <laughs> with Tyler Tony. Perry's going to produce it. New Survivor dads. Yeah. If Tyler Perry produces it, you'll probably be on it. Yeah, of For course. sure. He loves you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you guys uh, so much. And we'll talk to you again soon. Not every, not you listeners. Don't, you don't go, you don't go anywhere. Okay. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Andrea and Vetus here on Rob has a podcast. Very, very fun conversation of with them over at Sideshow Network. And now I'm back here in my studio, in my house and getting ready to talk to Eliza here about your voicemails in just a bit here on this huge, huge edition of Rob as a Podcast. I want to share with you guys something uh, real quick that was very funny that got passed across my desk today from uh, one of our listeners, Paul Borges, who's always pulling funny stuff from the Survivor episodes to send me after the shows. 
And this is something for you guys who are a big baseball fan, you're going to get a big kick out of this. Now, for those of you guys who know, my good friend Heidi Strobel from Survivor of the Amazon went on to marry a pitcher from the Philadelphia Phillies named Cole Hamels, who's been a really great pitcher and he's made like $200 million in his baseball career. So Heidi's done really great for herself. And so she married this pitcher. And so this was on a website called Crossing Broad this week, crossingbroad.com, where the announcer for the Dodgers, Vin Scully, who's a famous, famous baseball announcer, he's like 80 years old and he tells all these stories told the story on a Dodgers broadcast of how Heidi and Cole Hamels met. And I thought it's very, very funny for Survivor and for Vince Scully reasons. And I'm a huge Vince Scully fan. So I want to play this clip for you guys here. This is Vince Scully telling about how Heidi met her husband. And this could also be the pilot for the new upcoming series, How I Met Your Father. So maybe if they could maybe have uh, Meg Ryan go ahead and tell this story, that would be even better. So here's here is Vince Scully. Interesting background note on Cole Hamill. She married a co- cover girl. She was called the Survivor Amazon. Her name, Heidi Strobel, at the time. They were married New Year's Eve way back in 2006. And he met her when she was making an appearance when he was pitching in A-ball in the minor leagues. But the thing I love about it, I'll tell you in a moment, Cole ready into the windup and Butera way out in front of a pitch in the count on one. This is a quote Hamill said, I went to get her autograph and I asked her out. She said yes if I come to Missouri. Now they were in Clearwater, Florida. Here's the strike one pitch on the way inside. So he asked the girl for a date. She said, yeah, we're in Clearwater. I want you to come to Springfield, Missouri. When uh, I was much younger, we had an expression for a girl like that. Here's the 1-1 pitch on the way. Hit in the air down the right field line, slicing towards the stands, reaching over and making the catch is Marlon Bird. Fine play by the right fielder. So Butera fouls out to Marlon Bird, one down. Let's get back to the date. So Cole says, uh, I'd like to take you out. She said, fine, but you have to go to Springfield, Missouri. When I was that age, I would refer to that girl as (laughs) G-U. Geographically unacceptable. Yeah, that, that was the what. That's the phrase we use. But Cole fortunately went to Missouri. He remembers. He's pretty romantic in this sense. They went to a concert and they went to a movie. The title of the movie was Cellular, and he says, "I still have the movie ticket stub." What a guy. <laughs> What a guy indeed. Yes, the great 2004 film uh, Cellular is now the trivia question. What was the first date for Heidi Hamels and Cole Hamels? Uh, Cellular was the uh, 2004 American action crime thriller 
directed by David R. Ellis, starring Kim Basinger and Chris Evans and Jason Statham and William H. Macy. So who knew? Uh, 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, too, for uh, Cellular. And did Vin Scully say they went to a concert and a movie? I mean, how long was this date? I mean, who's going to a movie and then a concert after that? Oh, my God. Cole Hamels. What a, what a guy, <laughs> indeed. Anyway, I love Vin Scully, and he is a national treasure, Vin Scully. I really, I really, really love him. And I can say that even though I'm a Mets fan, he is amazing to listen to call a baseball game. And I kind of feel like if Jeff Probst was to ever walk away from Survivor, I hope that <laughs> that Vin Scully might potentially take over for Jeff Probst. I think that would be very, very fun to hear Vin Scully tell us what was going on on Survivor. We could have... And this challenge is underway. Here comes Tony Vlachos. Now, Tony... As a young lad, one time during physical education class, hid in a pile of towels in the girls' locker room so he could get a better look at some of the girls' papayas. What a guy. (laughs) Thank you, and thank you for indulging me on that because uh, I love... That's usually just something that I would annoy my wife with, but thank you. I got to annoy you guys with that today. All right, so if you love baseball as much as Vin Scully, then you must know about one of our sponsors here on Rob Has a Podcast, and those are our friends at DraftKings.com. Our listeners have been playing... DraftKings.com Fantasy Baseball and people are winning money like crazy. Fantasy Baseball is back, so do not miss what's happening over at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-day fantasy baseball site. Now, Fantasy Baseball DraftKings is getting huge. Anyone can enter with just a few bucks and win a ton of cash. Listen to some of these results. Somebody turned 11 bucks into 4000 Another player won a hundred grand that their first time ever playing. A guy even won a million bucks at DraftKings. Seriously, one million dollars in one day playing fantasy DraftKings takes watching baseball to a whole new level now you can win instant cash every day every game it's easy DraftKings is one day fantasy baseball that means no season-long commitments no being stuck with players just instant cash every day and right now DraftKings is letting our listeners play for free yes that's for free to win real cash enter ROB today at DraftKings.com and get free entry into a massive contest this Friday they're awarding over 400 grand in cash prizes 400 grand it's for this friday and free spots are going quick so enter now rob at draftkings.com that's draftkings.com all right everybody i know you guys have been waiting for this since i said it even from before i said that we were going to do this but i'm very excited to have this person on the line uh she already has the title from many people as the greatest juror of all time and i've also dubbed her the queen of survivor social media because nobody does twitter like eliza does twitter here she is to hear what you guys had to say about last night's episode here is the one only eliza orleans Thanks, Rob. I'm so excited to finally be on here discussing everything with you. I've gotten a lot of tweets about how excited everyone is to hear us, um, you know, discuss the episode and this season. Good. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm very glad that we are finally going to do this. And so just before we get to all of the voicemails, I feel like I I have a good sense of what you think about this season from Twitter, but I feel like we should just start and talk about this season overall because you've been very vocal this season about there's been a lot of players in the season that you don't seem to care for. Oh my God. I I mean, 
my enthusiasm, I feel like comes through, like e- either I hate someone, but if even if I hate them, I love to hate them. And like, I'm just finding this season so engaging, so entertaining. Um, it's amazing that after all these years, Survivor can come up with new twists and turns to keep the audience engaged. And I am absolutely loving this season. Okay, so let's just do a very quick, I'll give you the, the people that are left. You tell me your your thoughts on them real quick. Okay. Okay. All right. Start with Tony. Oh my gosh, Tony, hashtag tiny Tony. Um, From the beginning, I think I just kind of hated him out of the gates. Like I just thought he was just overplaying that he was like so just arrogant and obnoxious and outrageous. And, you know, I I hated that he voted off Cliff because I love Cliff. And um, I I thought it was just because he was threatened by the guy. And, you know, as it turns out, he probably was threatened by him and he was threatened by LJ and he's gotten rid of all of his threats, it seems. Um, you know, trying to cut himself a path right to the finals, especially with that special idol. So as much as I hated Tony out of the gates, um, I kind of, oh, I, I mean, I, I like hate to even say this out loud because everyone's going to be like, oh, you flip flopper. But, you know, I, I either love to hate him or I just kind of love watching him because he's so ridiculous and so like outrageous and sneaky and and always sneaking around and he you can tell plays for the love of the game so as much as i kind of had difficulty with him in the beginning you know people like him are what makes survivor great and why this show has remained on on the air for all these years so i've, I've really come around on tony whoa i can't I know. believe it I know, I know. I kind of didn't want to admit it. Although I do think he's like, you know, it it makes me like him less that he's Jeff Probst's favorite. Because, you know, that means he's like the Boston Rob of the season or the Malcolm or the whoever and, you know, coach or Ozzy. And it's like, you feel like that person is getting some degree of favoritism, which which I don't like. How about Trish? Um. Trish is also someone who I think I was really against in the beginning. Uh, I didn't think that she was going to last very long because she started out the game at 80 pounds and it just, she didn't look like someone who could make it. And she has kind of actually also shown her strategic prowess. You know, she's been able to talk to people in the right ways and, and get them on her side without seeming overbearing. Um, and lately her game has impressed me as well. Who is this? Put Eliza on the phone. I know. I, I don't I want to know, talk right? to this imposter. You to, <laughs> I know. It's like, it's terrible. It's like, I wanted to hate all these people and I did, but now it's like, I, I can't help it. They're like really playing hard and I kind of am just loving the season so much. And I feel like these characters are the reason for it. What about Sarah? Oh, stupid Sarah. Oh gosh. You know, I mean, she just, you can never be the person. I mean, Dolly Neely on Survivor Vanuatu was like, I'm Dolly in the middle. And it was like just the quintessential, like, I'm the person making all the decisions. Everybody's coming to me and I'm the swing vote. And it's like, you have to be so dumb not to see that you're the person that everyone's going to start to target. Um, But she looks beautiful on the jury. (laughs) What about Spencer? Um. Spencer is like the, I I don't know, I I guess I want to call him like the second coming of Todd because he's like, you know, young and so he's still like emotional sometimes and like he can't kind of hide his emotions. Like when he has a feeling about something, he'll just say it even though you're like, oh, Spencer, wish you would have held your tongue there, buddy. Um, but But he's playing hard and he was, you know, outnumbered and now it looks like he's really kind of on the inside. Do you think that he's like Cochran at all? 
um, except good looking and likable. Let me see. Anybody? I know you love Wu, right? I love Wu. Our little sneaky ninja Wu. I love him. I mean, he just like climbing up trees, stealing clues. I mean, he is just like so much fun to watch. Uh, anybody else from, from that you have strong, hot, or cold feelings for? Um, I mean, I, I don't know. You probably saw my tweet about Jeffra last night. Like, no, what did you say like, about Jeffra? Well, she got the letter and she was like, oh my God, it's a sign. It's like, this was meant to be, so I'm supposed to switch alliances because my mom wrote me this letter. And I was like, oh, Jeffra, I bet you believe in astrology too. <laughs> Like, yikes. I mean, (laughs) real pretty. What about Jeremiah? Were you a fan of his? I mean, he he was kind of neither here nor there. I mean, he had so little screen time. I mean, I guess he's a pretty face and he's like, guys, I've got a really big secret to tell you. I'm a model. (laughs) Yeah, that was a big secret. Or were you here to tell me what a bad Googleizer I was? <laughs> I mean, he's just like, he, he was sweet. He was sweet. I just didn't get to feel like I got to know him that much to like form like a really heavy opinion on him. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's get into talking about some of these voicemails from the listeners of Rob as a podcast. And every week we get, we get voicemails. Uh, not every week are we lucky enough to have Eliza on the phone with us. So uh, let's get into it. I want to start off here and let's get into it with, I want to take a voicemail from Jordan Chong, and he has a question uh, for Eliza. Here is Jordan. Hey, Rob, it's Jordan from Vancouver. I can't tell you how huge it is that you got Eliza on the podcast. Now, Eliza, you made the merge twice, so in my mind, that means you're worthy of being taken out on two dates. Me, on the other hand, I merge onto the highway all the time. So what do you think? Are we compatible? Should we try it out? My other question for you, is over the last few seasons of Survivor, there's been a lot of people changing their mind at the last second in Tribal Council. I was just wondering if that ever happened in any of your seasons or if it even crossed your mind. Thanks a lot. Love the podcast. Bye. Eliza, I got a lot of voicemails asking you out. Oh, that's so flattering. I, that's so nice of everyone. I mean, I really appreciate the offers. Tell them, uh, you know, to send their applications to, to, you know, my Twitter or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about last second votes at tribal council? It seems like this is happening more and more. Did you ever have an instance where you changed your vote or were part of somebody changing their vote at the last second? Huh? I feel like that's a good question. I mean, there were plenty of times where a vote went away that I didn't think it was going to go, but I think that everyone always walked into tribal council knowing 100% who they were voting for. Yeah, um, I, agree. I agree. I feel like in the older Survivor, I, like, I feel like it was decided and that's what it was. And you sort of just went through the exercise of going to tribal council. But there wasn't any sort of like people like uh, changing what they were doing based on what was said at tribal council. It was like a decision was made and that was it. I think the only time that it was close, and I don't think the person actually intended to vote for me, maybe they did, but um, it was at the final eight in Vanuatu, um, and I think that Twyla and possibly Scout were maybe unclear on what the rules of a tie would be. Um, You know, I, on the other hand, being a diehard Survivor fan and having read my contracts extraordinarily carefully, um, 
knew exactly what would happen in the event of a tie and how that would get eventually go down to rock picking and whatnot. And so I kind of laid that out during tribal council. And I don't remember whether or not that made air, but I was like, this is what will happen if there's a tie tonight. And I think they were kind of maybe leaning towards voting against me instead of voting against Chad. Um, but once they realized that if it was truly deadlocked, they would be the ones picking rocks. They were like, screw this, like, and then just voted for Chad. But I think that that was always the intention, but there was just like in the back of their mind, maybe they were going to switch their vote to me. Eliza, I got a lot of calls about the Tyler Perry immunity idol. So I'm going to play you one and then I want to get your thoughts on the Tyler Perry idol. Okay. Okay. All right. Here, this is from Josh in New York. Wants to talk about Tyler Perry Idol and who found it. Hey, Rob. Josh from New York here. I wanted to talk about the Tyler Perry Idol. As much as I hated the idea when I heard about a preseason, and as much as I was cringing when Tony found it yesterday because I'm rooting for Tosh and Spencer and the underdog, don't you think that the haters, including myself, are are kind of skewed by who got it. In other words, if Spencer had found this idol, it could have been an amazing, game-changing situation that Survivor fans, I think, would have given a standing ovation for. And so are the haters really not hating the idol, but hating the circumstances on which it was now found? And to that note, do you think production should have kind of stepped in kind of like Big Brother when Jeff was given the coup d'etat to flip the game on Jesse? Like, should they have put it the the clue in Spencer's napkin again on a reward or something like that to help the game? Curious to your thoughts. Thanks for everything. All right. First, Eliza, let's talk about the actual Tyler Perry idol itself. Do you like this idea? Um, I hate it. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. I just think it's it's awful. Yeah. What do you hate it so much? I mean, I don't I mean, I think that, yes, Hidden Immunity Idols have been game-changing and made it really fun to watch in recent seasons and, um, you know, even dating back to to Parvati's use or Ozzy's non-use in Fans vs. Favorites. Um, But I kind of, you know, have never even loved Idols that much to begin with. But at least if you have to play it before the votes are read, you can have a situation where you play it and then the votes don't go that way, like Spencer last night, or you don't play it and you end up going home, like countless people, you know, James with two idols, Ozzy, Jason. I mean, you can just list off all the people who've gone home with idols. Um, so at least then there's some level of, of strategy required and thought you have to put into it, as opposed to just basically gifting someone. It's kind of like the, you know, the stupid save on American Idol or something. It's like, oh yeah, after the person's loaded off, let's just let's just give them another chance. Like, it it goes against everything Survivor is. I mean, it's kind of like how I hated Redemption Island. It's like Redemption Island, but an even worse version because you already know who's going to win the duel. Um, I just I hate it. I think you know, the only hope you have is that someone is like. I mean, but it would never happen if someone is as dumb as Ozzy, for example, on Fans vs. Favorites when he got voted off with the idol, quote unquote, in his pocket, because it wasn't actually in his pocket. It was actually back at camp. So like somebody leaves it back at camp, then they don't have it to present. But no one would be so stupid as to not bring it with them, especially not Tony, who's like this crazy paranoid guy who's going to bring it with him every time. And then, you know, basically 
allow, it allows him to get voted out and still stay in the game, which, which I find to be like just kind of an unfair advantage. And, you know, what Josh asked was, would we have cared if it had gone to somebody else? I wouldn't have cared. I would have hated it no matter who found it. I just don't think it's fair. I don't think it's like a good addition to the game. I think it's a crappy addition to the game. Do you what think about you? I don't like it. I think most people have not liked it. I think in getting the tweets and responses I've gotten in the last, you know, 16 hours or whatever, I feel like it's been about 80, 20 negative, even maybe 90, 10 people who don't like it. But do you think it would have changed, let's say, had Spencer or Tasha found the Tyler Perry idol instead of Tony, which sort of made it sort of like a fate accompli? Am I using that right? That that Spencer and Tasha could be the next two people that are gone? Um, Kind of, but also, I mean, Spencer was basically given the last idol. like, And I don't know that any... I wasn't like cheering up. and I mean, I... I don't know. I, I just, there's something about this idol that I think no matter who got it, I would just be really annoyed about it because I mean, imagine you're going to, you're the person who goes home on an idol that somebody got to play after the votes were read. That just seems, it's just like, I don't know. It just feels patently unfair. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. Let's take a, a question. And this was a, a thought-provoking question. This is comes okay. from the great uh, Paul Aslison. He has a question for you about how they are doing reward challenges these days. Hi, Robin Eliza. This is Paul from the Survivor Historians podcast calling from Germany. I have a comment on how Survivor handles reward challenges post-merge. In the early days of the show, nearly every reward challenge was individual, with an occasional challenge run in pairs. One of the first times we see a reward challenge after the merge involving small teams was actually in Vanuatu at the final eight, when Eliza was attached to a rope and dragged through an obstacle course. But as Survivor has evolved into its modern state, we rarely see an actual individual reward challenge, and instead watch countless 5 vs. 5, 4 vs. 4, 3 vs. 3 team challenges, where all the winners go on the reward. And I see this as a major weak point with the show. Isn't it more entertaining when one person wins and creates upset feelings or doubt by picking one or two people to join them on the reward? And although this week it was fun to watch Jeffra almost flip on the reward, we so rarely get those types of situations because of how the teams are put together. And I think the worst part about these types of team-based challenges is that they can be dreadfully boring to watch, because as a viewer, you have such a hard time deciding whom to root for because they're such a random mix of players. Am I just a grumpy old survivor purist, or are my observations valid? All right, this is actually an interesting point that Paul brings up here about the reward challenges. And do we care when it's just a mishmash of random survivors? Yeah, you know, it's much harder to care. You're like, oh, I like this person, but I like this person. Oh, well, I guess I don't really care which team wins. It's not that relevant. Paul's 100% right. It's fun when it's like every once in a while you're randomly broken into teams and you get this opportunity for people in rival alliances to go on some awesome reward together and maybe bond and maybe get someone to flip. But for the most part, yeah, it's so much more fun when you get to see individuals you get to root for individuals you get to watch people actually compete for themselves and you know then they have to choose one person or two people to come with them and it does create a lot more strategic drama and you know oh the people i leave behind i have to leave one of my close allies behind oh but they're going to be upset if i don't bring them with you know it, it's just 
Yeah, it's a lot more interesting to to see these individual, actual individual challenges rather than whatever this, these group things that they're consistently doing now. I think that's a great point. I also think that it would be interesting to see how we get the groups. And a lot of times it's just like, all right, we drew teams randomly and here they are. Let's go. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, who's on which which side? And like yeah. last night it was that Jeffra just happened to be with the three people who were in an alliance together. And she was the one person that was mad at Tony. Well, that was just a random draw. Um, so I think it's I mean, when when I've done those uh, challenges, which have been split into groups, it has either been you pick rocks and you randomly and then whoever has black rocks gets in one group and white rocks goes in the other, or it's a, it's a pick them like a schoolyard pick and you know, people pick out and then whoever has the black rock is the team captains and then they each alternate picking one person, one person, one person. But sometimes that's just, you know, that doesn't really necessarily cr- contribute that much to the episode. So I feel like that's why they probably don't show how the teams get split up. Okay. Let's talk about, Tony and the Spy Shack. This is a question from Jack Fran. Hey, Rob. It's Jack from Charleston. When Tony was in a spy shack hiding from Jeffra and Trish, don't you think that they would have seen the cameras? Because it seems like they shot him from a couple of different angles. I'd just like to hear your opinion. Bye. I wondered this myself as I was watching the episode. Do Trish and Jeffra notice that there's a camera person filming a random bush? Okay, so actually, um, interestingly enough, I was trying to read up uh, before we talked today, and I read the answers to, um, you know, the Entertainment Weekly questions that Jeff Probst gave, and that was one of the questions that Probst was asked, and he said that what's so great about the show is that we're... We have so many camera crews out there. We're always filming so many different things that, you know, he's like, we have more tape of people talking about their grandmother's banana bread recipe than we do of strategy talk. And we're always filming scenery and this and that. So, you know, they wouldn't have necessarily noticed that there was a camera on the bush next to them. Although to the viewing audience, you're like, how is this not so obvious? Um, You know, I think Jeff's answer is probably pretty legitimate because, you know, if there are people chasing you with a camera and all of a sudden like spin around and start running the other direction. You're like, Oh, something big must be happening over there. But if you're just standing around and you're talking to one person, there may be like a couple cameras around and you feel like they're all on you. You're like, Oh, well I'm having this very important strategic discussion right now about how we don't trust Tony and blah, blah, blah. So like you can understand why they might have been oblivious to the fact that Tony was just hiding in the bushes right there. See, I'm not sure I necessarily buy what Jeff is saying. What I think was probably more likely is Tony made the spy shack. Tony gets in the spy shack. They film Tony getting in the spy shack. And then when Jeffra and Trish are talking, we're just cutting to the footage of Tony in the spy shack. But I don't know necessarily that we're seeing like going like, okay, give me camera A, give me camera B, give me camera. Like, I don't think that was probably live. So that that could be the truth. I mean, he's still, I, I mean, we know he was sitting there listening, but maybe they're not filming him in the instant where he's listening. Yeah, that's what I think. And I don't think Jeff wants to come out and say, actually, we're using footage that was from five minutes before that actually happened. So I think that that's, 
pro- that's probably the truth. And because I do right. think because there's only like so many cameras that are out there. I would find that odd if I was having a conversation and somebody was filming a bush for no reason next to me and not back where the rest of the the survivors are because they walked uh, away to go. I do guess that. that's true because they couldn't have because it would have had to be two separate cameras. I, I guess you're right because it would have been it would have had to be obvious, right? That, I think so. So uh, who kn- but who knows? Okay, let's take a question from Bobby, and he wants to know Eliza's ranking of the winner of Survivor Vanuatu. Hey, this is Bobby from New York. I just have two questions for Eliza. First, where do you think Chris Doherty lands on the list of all-time best winners? Second, will you go on a date with me in the East Village? All right, have a good one, guys. (laughs) <laughs> all right i told you a lot of people are asking you out on dates uh but w- he wants to know uh what is your overall <laughs> ranking on chris's win if you're gonna oh, put him uh, in a spot from one to 27 and maybe 26 if you don't want to count sandra twice what what number is chris uh, that's hard that's hard because um i don't know i've never like sat down and actually ranked winners i mean i know generally whether i think people fall in the top half or the bottom half and I think Chris is definitely in the top half um, because he was truly you know his it was it was a pagonging if you will the women were just simply picking off the men and at you know final seven he should have been voted off because it would have been then a final six of all women and that was the original Yasser tribe and we should have just gotten rid of him but he managed to finagle his way into not only a final two spot but a win um over all these people with a jury that had you know a majority of people who were on the opposing tribe to start out with and he was up against someone from the opposing tribe and he was he was vastly outnumbered and had some crucial immunity wins and and um you know, played his, his social game extraordinarily well. So I, I would rank him highly. I mean, maybe that's also because I had the opportunity to play with him and I know what a tough competitor he is. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would say. Could Spencer or Tasha pull a Chris this season? Um, I think they could. I think this game is is pretty crazily up in the air still with all the shifting of alliances and and with such volatile people on the season like Tony, like Cass, um, people who have shown themselves to be loyal to themselves and, you know, not necessarily loyal to anyone else. Um, and as opposed to Spencer and Tosh, who seem truly and deeply allied with one another in a way that I don't think could be broken. I don't think either one of them would turn on the other one. Okay, let's take a question from Matt Forsyth, and he wants you to fill in the blank for him. Here's Matt. Okay. Hey, what's up, Rob and Eliza? Matt Forsyth here. And just by the way, Rob, if you have Eliza on the podcast, and this part isn't on video, I'm going to be super mad. Uh-oh. But my question is a simple fill in the blank. So fill in the blank. If Tony wins this season... It will be the blank win ever. Thanks, bye. All right. If Eliza, if Tony wins this season, it will be the blank win ever. Hold on. Do, do we have match game music? The blank win ever. If Tony... <laughs> if, um, if, if Tony wins this season, it will be the blank win ever. Um, 
Tony. If tyrannical Tony wins this season, it will be the blank win ever. I don't, I don't, I can't come up with anything. I can't, I'm like blanking on a blank to <laughs> fill in the blank. Um, I don't think it'll be the most anything ever. That's why. I think it's like, I think it'll be good, but it's not going to be like, it's not going to be like the best ever. It's not going to be the, you know, he was the biggest strategizer ever. It's not, he's, you know, the biggest, or the, you know, it, I, I, I can't come up with something. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm failing this question. Oh my gosh, I have so much like, it's too much pressure. All right, well, I wrote down my answer before the show to see okay, if we were going to match. Uh, oh, I, okay, so, so I'll come up with, so I'll say the, the, um, the, um, how do you make something the most cop-like? Like the, <laughs> the cop Whatever the the yeah the copiest win ever <laughs> the copiest win ever I said I said if Tony wins this season it will be the twenty eighth win ever oh that's Sorry. a good one that's a good one I should have uh, come up with that because <laughs> so. I was like it's not the anything most ever <laughs> all right well that was that was fun anyway uh, I like the fill in the blanks okay let's go to let's take our next question this comes to us from Michael and he has a, a Sophie's choice for you not about not from Sophie G Clark but a choice for you Eliza okay hey Robin Eliza it's Michael here from the UK again got two questions for you Eliza number one would you rather watch a tribe full of people who quit or a tribe full of people who throw challenges to get out of threats and number two are you still speaking to Yao Man after going to Malaysia with him to see Eamon? Okay, mate. see you later. See you later. Love the show. Bye. Uh, did you have a falling out with Yao Man after you Not went to see all. him? <laughs> Not at all. Of course I'm still speaking to Yao Man. I love that guy. Okay, so you're still speaking to Yao Man. Okay, so would you rather watch a season if there were <laughs> of, of all people who are throwing challenges to get out threats or all people who are quitting the game every week? Oh my god! I would just stop watching. I would. I would. I would die. I would. I choose death. I choose neither of those options. I choose death. I choose. I choose quitting Survivor. I would not watch. I can't. I. I mean, those are like my least favorite things ever. I mean, challenge throwers and quitters are just should not be allowed to to be on Survivor. <laughs> okay. All but right. I guess if I had to choose, if you had to choose. If I had to choose, it would have to be people who throw challenges because if everyone's just quitting, it's just <laughs> oh, it's just so horrible to watch people who've taken those very coveted spots and then just kind of give them up for not very good reasons for the most part. Okay. Let's take a question uh, from Louise, who sent me uh, many, many good questions. This is a big, a big fan of yours. Uh, so let me play one of Louise's many questions for you to Okay. Today. Hey, Rob, it's Louise from Melbourne. I just wanted to ask Eliza about the Wine and Cheese Alliance. We heard from Sophie last week that Eliza is the key to getting into this alliance if you aren't already a Survivor player. So I was just wondering if Eliza could run down um, what the criteria is. Thanks, Rob, and love being a patron. Okay, there's Louise. Now, I tried to. I, I listened to 
most of your Sophie one, and I was trying to find the spot with the wine and cheese stuff, and I didn't find it. Okay, so she said I was the key, huh? She outed you. Somebody asked Sophie last week, "How do I get invited to watch Survivor with the wine and cheese crew in New York?" And Sophie outed you. Said you were the gatekeeper. Uh, there's no Zool. <laughs> you're the you're the gatekeeper, and you're in charge of uh, new recruits and whether whether a civilian could ever watch Survivor with you guys. Because because Sof- what Sophie said was all the other survivors are afraid to bring a non-survivor to the viewing party. Well, that's because they're at my house usually. Yes, so because I'm I'm the hostess, so you know. I live in a New York City apartment. There's only so much room. So, you know, for the most part, it is limited to previous Survivor players. Okay. So is there any hope that somebody who is just a civilian could ever attend one of these viewing parties? Their best bet would be to go on um, another reality show. So even if it's inferior to Survivor, which all other reality <laughs> shows are, if they've, att- if they've been on another reality show, they are more likely to get invited than someone who's never been on any reality show. We've had people, well, we regularly have people from The Amazing Race, occasionally The Bachelor, Bachelorette, um, Bachelor Pad, et cetera, whatever they, they all are on. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's my advice. Okay. But by the way, by the way, this whole wine and cheese thing, we never named it that. I think you named it that. Yes. Am I am I right? Well, I am the master of branding. Yes, that's right. Okay. Cuz we never had a name. I just called us like the New York City Survivor crew, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I like I started seeing it online and everyone's like, "Oh, wine and cheese, wine and cheese." And I was like, "Who came up with that?" And, <laughs> and then finally it came and everyone was like, "Rob Sesternino." And I was like, Oh, yes. so he dubbed us the Wine and Cheese Club. Yes, even though I have never, I've never attended. Well, you would be more than welcome. Okay, let's take a question for you from Albert. Okay, now I know okay. that you have been watching the Game of Thrones recently, and without spoiling anything for anybody, uh, you are. So you are. Uh, where are you now? Um, in eight days, I watched. Every single episode in the series, <laughs> like a crazy person and, who and didn't sleep and didn't leave her house and just watched Game of Thrones. And you're loving it? Oh my God, I'm so addicted. It's crazy. Okay. I love it. All right. So let me play for you a question that somebody seemed to know that you were watching the Game of Thrones, okay? Okay. Okay. Hey guys, this is Albert calling in from Tustin, California. And I have a hypothetical situation for... Eliza, let's say King Joffrey was arrested and put on trial for his crimes against humanity. And Tony is arrested and put on trial for backstabbing his his, uh, alliance, including a fellow cop. Now, you have to defend one of these two two guys. Which trial would you pick? Would you pick the one that's high profile, or would you pick the one that you could probably easily defend out of a two-time survivor? I'm curious. Gotta know. Thanks. Bye. All right, Liza. Who would you rather defend as a as a, a famous defender? Uh, who would you rather defend, Tony or King Joffrey? Um. Well, as a public defender, I defend. I would be able to defend anyone. So no matter what crimes they were even King of, Joffrey. Yes. However, I can only. Um, 
because I'm a public defender, I can only defend people who are indigent, meaning they cannot afford to hire their own attorney. And I believe the Lannisters have enough money that Joffrey wouldn't qualify for legal aid. He would have to hire his own attorney. What if Tony won the game? Then Tony would also have to retain an attorney in order to represent him. Plus, he's a police officer, so they have a pretty strong union, and I'm sure his union would hire him an attorney. So I act- actually would probably end up not representing either of them, but I could represent either. Okay, and which one would you rather? Um, I'd rather represent King Joffrey. <laughs> oh, no. Because I like a challenge. <laughs> yeah, well, you better win because he has a, a very bad temper. I know. <laughs> He's even... Talk about a jerk. <laughs> Man, that guy is really a jerk. Yeah. He's even, uh, you know, more, in, you know, insecure and more liable to flip than Tony. I know. <laughs> All right. Speaking of police and officers will literally cut your head off <laughs> yes yes your head will be on the chopping block no matter what um so speaking of lawyers and police officers let's go to rachel who has a question for you eliza about survivor 30 hey robin eliza it's rachel from canada so we've been hearing a lot about a potential season 30 all-stars i hear they're calling it survivor lawyers versus doctors versus cops slash construction workers looks like the women on the lawyers tribe will be eliza rob's old pal dina from the amazon and of course, Chaos Cast. So, who will Eliza align with and who will she target? Thanks. All right, so Eliza, have you been approached yet for Survivor 30, which uh, which Rachel is reporting to be Survivor <laughs> Cops versus Lawyers versus Doctors? Okay, so... Of course. <laughs> would you... How could, they do a, how could they do a Survivor Lawyers season without me? Yes. So who would you be targeting on Survivor cops construction slash construction workers versus lawyers versus doctors? Um, who on my own tribe or who on the other tribes? Well, anybody. Well, I would target. Um, I, I can't even think of so. So Tony would be on the cops slash construction workers tribe. Doctors would be like um, Candace. Candace, formerly Candace Woodcock. What's her, what's her new last name? Cody. Candace Cody, of course. I knew that. Candace and John Cody and uh, Marcus Lehman. And I don't know. I, I'd be gunning for the cops, I guess. Okay. Yeah, it's gunning for Tony and Sarah. Take them out. Okay. And uh, who else? And who, and, um, well, would you work with Cass? Cass would be a tough person to trust, to be honest. All right, good. Well, keep if that Cass, in mind. If Cass goes back on the show, she she's going to have a hard time getting anyone to trust her after her actions this season, don't you think? Well, yes, yeah, she is Chaos Cass, but now she's now she's not Chaos Cass. Mm, maybe. <laughs> okay. Let me fl- keep that Cass in mind. Let me play you a question from Mafalda from Amsterdam. Hi, Rob. This is Mafalda speaking. I was wondering, when Trish, Jeffra, and Cass are in the water and they're trying to comfort Jeffra, Cass is something pretty interesting that I'd like to hear your opinion about. She goes, whenever you get rid of someone in this game that is annoying you, you screw yourself. Now, do you think she says this knowing that that is exactly what she did when she voted out Sarah, so she realizes she screwed herself? Or do you think she just doesn't know how to follow her own advice? Thanks. Love your show. Greetings from Amsterdam. Bye. 
So what do you think about this? Every time you vote out some person that's annoying, you're screwing yourself. Is that true, Eliza? Yeah, I think so. Because I think one of the most important things and one of the hardest things to do on Survivor is to put emotions aside and work with people who maybe you find to be really annoying. But you know what? That's how you win Survivor. I mean, that's how you keep around people. If they're annoying you, they're probably annoying other people. And that means they are not a threat to win the game. I mean, someone like Philip Shepard, who has to be one of the most annoying people ever to play Survivor in the history of Survivor, right? (laughs) Philip Shepard is just the most annoying human being. I cannot fathom spending more than 20 minutes with him, let alone 24 hours a day for 39 days. But if, if I were able to do that, I would know that there's 0% chance that man could beat me in the finals. And that's how Boston Rob won Survivor. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, and so I think, I think, I think Cass is right. Um, you know, I think her situation may be slightly different just because she maybe voted out someone who was annoying to her personally, but maybe wasn't annoying to everyone else. So it's unclear whether that screwed her or she just screwed herself because she turned on her alliance or, you know, who knows what. But um, but I think as a general rule, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty solid one to follow. So let me put you on the spot. Who is the most annoying person that's ever one survivor? Um, the most annoying person who's ever won Survivor. Or because have they won Survivor, that means, in fact, they are not annoying. What if they're up um, against other, other annoying people? Yeah, I think, I don't know that I find any of the people that have won that I can think of to be annoying, right. you know, like, I mean, we'll just, most this. of them are non annoying. Um, although I guess in his own ways, although he wasn't annoying to me, I can see how he was very annoying to people on the Island. I guess Richard Hatch was probably <laughs> historically a very annoying person um, to play with, but Sue, Sue Hawk was worse perhaps. So maybe it was annoying, trumping annoying, but um, I, I guess, I don't know. All right, we'll have to go back into the history books and try to research that one. Okay, this is a question um, about social media, which I'm glad that we have you on here to address. Let's take this question. This comes to us. This is from Ed from Chicago. Okay. Hey, Rob, this is Ed from Chicago. Since you had the queen of Survivor social media on with you, I thought this question would be somewhat fitting. Um, To your point in the past about wanting, about potentially restricting social media for current Survivor players, do you think that some of the social media interactions between some of the current players, maybe even potentially that between Spencer and Tony, may be giving a little too much insight in terms of some of the relationships and the outcome of, of the game? I uh, wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. Thanks. All right. Now, Eliza, you've been on Twitter from, I think, from the jump. I think you were on w- way back when, one of the first, maybe the first survivor even on Twitter. Okay. Now, they didn't used to let the survivors have social media. It used to be very much forbidden. You couldn't go on Twitter. You couldn't have a Twitter. You couldn't tweet about the episode. Now the survivors are allowed to do whatever they want on Twitter. Do you find that are you ever spoiled by what survivors, how they're acting towards each other during the season on Twitter? 
You know, I think it can be really spoilery, especially when they're tweeting each other when they've never even been on the same tribe yet. So you know either they're both pre-merge and they know each other from their trip or they're both on the jury or make the merge because they know each other from post. So I actually... I think I waited until like mid season to start following a lot of the survivors because I didn't want to be spoiled. Cause I think Sophie was talking to you about this, how like none of us know anything that's going to happen this season. And it's just made it so much fun. Um, I don't want to know anything. I'm totally unspoiled. And I just feel like it's, it's a lot more fun to watch the show when you don't know, Oh, this person's definitely not going to make the merge because there they are interacting with cliff and they've never been on a, on a, on a tribe with cliff. So they must have been on the pre jury trip together or something like that. You know? Mm-hmm. So do you feel like the survivors should be allowed to tweet what, during the season? Well, I don't, I wouldn't, I mean, I guess maybe they should just be given a warning about tweeting one another perhaps, but I kind of like getting their insight um, about the things that have gone down because I feel like, you know, Survivor presents them in such a, in kind of a narrow way and you don't necessarily, you know, they don't have the opportunity to defend themselves about a way a certain instance is edited or the way that something comes across. And so you read their tweets and you get a feel for them. Um, Some people I've liked far more on the show than on Twitter and vice versa. Yeah. Okay, I want to play one more question for you from... Oh, I thought of who the most... Oh, but he never won. Oh, oh. Who? Right. <laughs> it's not me, is it? It made me think of... It made me think of it because Twitter... I mean, I... I well, anyhow, I'm just going to say it. Mike Scoopin is the most annoying person on Twitter. <laughs> like, I mean, Kim Kardashian, Miley Cyrus, I don't care who. He is the hands-down most annoying person. Not just survive, most annoying person on Twitter. <laughs> Why? What does he do that annoys you so Oh much? my God, do you follow him? It's just, it's unbearable. <laughs> I think I had to unfollow him. I don't even know if I still follow him. I mean, he is unbearable. Yeah. Um, well, he, he, he doesn't talk about any financial stuff on Twitter, does he? Oh, oh, wouldn't that be nice? They'll use those <laughs> tweets against him in a court of law. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I didn't like when he was on the show. I felt like he was very much tweeting about spoilers. Uh, when, like when he came back and he tweeted like to Lou Diamond Phillips, like, uh, hey, Lou Diamond Phillips, wait till you see the family challenge this season. Uh, I did not care for that. Oh, man. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> Russell was tweeting to Lou Diamond Phillips uh, last week also. I missed that. I guess I don't follow Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> Lou Diamond Phillips very much on the Survivor scene. I want to play one more question for, from Louise because okay. uh, she was such a big fan of yours. She sent me so, so many questions. <laughs> okay. Hey, Robin Eliza. It's Louise from Melbourne. I am a huge fan of Eliza. I actually went to Vanuatu after her season aired for a holiday because I loved it so much. I just wanted to ask Eliza if she thinks Sarah is trying to steal her crown as queen of the tribal council face. Um, thanks very much. Have a great day. All right, Eliza. Louise is such a big fan of yours. She went to Vanuatu after your season, and she wants to know, is Sarah trying to raid your throne as the best juror face? Um, uh, to be honest, she can try. I mean, <laughs> it's never going to happen. Plenty, plenty have tried and plenty have failed. <laughs> I will. I am and always will be the queen of tribal council faces. 
Okay. All right. And those were the voicemails here with Eliza. Um, we're going to get into what the survivors were saying on social media. Now, Eliza, one of the things that we do all season long is that we try to find the most out of context, inappropriate quotes from it started with just Jeff Probst, but we've now we've expanded it to everybody on the show. We're looking for things that were said on the episode that out of context are very inappropriate. Okay. Okay. Last night was kind of a, a treasure trove, and I couldn't pick just Pol- one. Poles and balls, right? It was <laughs> yeah. poles and balls. Yes. So I actually have the top five theme, most inappropriate things that were said on last night's show. Okay. All right. Here we go. So we're going we're gonna to count them down. Uh, here is number five. This is from your friend Trish. Oh, my God. I see. Look at them. They look like Morgan's boobs. Okay. So this is uh, at the papaya tree. Yep. Okay. Uh, did you find? Did you think that was a fair comparison? <laughs> it wasn't unfair. <laughs> okay. There you go. Were you a Morgan fan? Yeah, I thought. I, I actually thought she was. I thought she was great, and she clearly, like, you know, was was playing harder than people were giving her credit for. Yeah. All right. Here we go. This is uh, from the immunity challenge, Chef Probst. Stay tight because we're still hot. Stay stay tight because we're still hot. What does that mean? What is the context of that? I don't, I don't remember him saying that. Oh, I know what. It was right before he was about to count them down. Ten, nine, eight. So, you know, it seems like. But that's a ridiculous way to say it. <laughs> Stay oh, tight because we're still hot. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, you should make that your ringtone. <laughs> well, we're, yeah, we're, we've got ringtones. We've got ringtones. Uh, hold on. Here is uh, number three, also from the challenge. Move your hand down one level on the pole. And let's put your balls back up. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Move your hand. Move your hand down on the pole, and let's uh, get your balls back up. Okay. Uh, more balls. Here's number two. All right. Everybody in their first position. Place your balls on your platform. Get them steady. You can keep holding on until I tell you to release. All right. Get your balls on the platform and hold them steady till Jeff tells you to release. <laughs> That would be quite an immunity challenge. How did nobody drop their thing as he's saying this, this stuff? I know. You have to be so in the zone. Otherwise, you will just like lose it. That, that's why you have to stay tight because we're still hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the number one most out of context, inappropriate thing that was said last night. This comes from your boy, Woo. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There you go. What did he say? <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! And he's talking about his butt. Oh my god! Oh my god! There it is. Yeah, there it is. Very, very inappropriate. Woo! Very inappropriate. Woo! That's what you get for trying to uh, reach up and grab Morgan's boobs. That's that's karma. Okay, Uh, let's talk. We talked about what the people were saying on social media. Let's get into what the survivors are talking about on social media. Here's the current survivors, Eliza. Uh, Miss Foxy Tasha. Are are you a fan? Wait, wait, wait. these aren't spoilers, right? No, I. I, You know, they're they're what they were saying about the episode. But no, I'm not going to give you spoilers. Um, Are you a fan of Tasha? We haven't talked about her much tonight. I like Tasha. I do. I've liked her since the beginning. Ever since she was like the calming force with with crazy. Jatia. Yeah. Um, I, I do. I like her a lot. All right. So Miss Foxy Tasha, she tweeted last night, how many immunity idol wins? Question marks. The Fox says deuces. So bragging about the double immunity victories. Yeah. You know, she's like, you wouldn't look at her and be like, 
oh yeah, that girl's going to be a threat at the merge. And yet she's got the most individual immunity wins of anyone. So far. She yeah. also tweeted, I am like an onion. I have so many layers. I have that flavor you like, but I will also make you cry. <laughs> oh no. All right then. Yeah. Um, Tasha then also tweeted, uh, we need to find this Jeremy guy and get him in our alliance. Did you like it when Tony said, <laughs> Tony said, uh, what was that about? I was like, shouldn't you know people, the names by now? Like yeah. what? Oh my God. That was hilarious. I mean, is that a nickname? Has Jeremiah confirmed that he sometimes goes by Jeremy? Like, he did not. or is this just, no, that's just him completely screwing it up. I wish I would have called him Jeremy in the exit interview. That was the one thing I was kicking myself after I interviewed him this morning. Oh, shoot. You could have been like, so Jeremy. <laughs> Did you also like it when Tony referred to Spencer as the young lad where, <laughs> Jeff, where Tony's like, uh, Jeff, look, the young lad thought he was going to play the idol, but instead he's going to play it on Jeremy. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I just love that Tony used the phrase, the young lad. <laughs> the young lad. Somebody's been watching too much Game of Thrones. <laughs> All right. Uh Cass tweeted last night. Cass is a bit of a, a bragger on Twitter. She tweeted, another idol flushed equals three for three for hashtag chaos Cass. Uh, okay, Cass. Did you see it that way? No. Did you? <laughs> I, I didn't think about it, but I guess, I mean, I guess she, she has a point. Um, yeah, but it's not like she's, I mean, I guess she's quote flushing idols, but not I mean, okay. I mean, she's, she's taking credit for that. Okay. Well, what were the first two idols? Were the first two idols flushed when she was actually with Tony and LJ and then they played their idols for each other and they were actually in her alliance? I guess so. Okay. And well, and then they voted out Garrett also and he had an idol. So I would cast on, I think she's underselling here. I feel like she could be four for four. She should, she should, you should tell her. You should tweet her back and be like, don't you mean four for four? Yeah. Young, young, la- young lad. Young lad. Uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, has any idol been used to protect anybody that actually got votes this season? It feels like all four of the idols this season have been found and none of them were used for any practical purpose. Is, is that right? That not a single person has properly used an idol? Garrett found his and he left his at camp and didn't even use his. Then Tony and LJ played their votes for each, for other, each other and, and they were voting they, for Jeffra. Right. And then Spencer used his idol and then the votes were for Jeremy. Oh, my God. So uh, maybe this is an omen for, for Tony. Well, now he's got a, Now he's got one that's that is foolproof. <laughs> I guess so. It's idiot proof. Um, so. Right. so Spencer, he even for cops, it's cop proof. <laughs> Spencer tweeted back to Cass and he said, uh, except your first move had no influence on flushing any idols, which Spencer does point out. Uh, OK. And Cass wrote back, I forget. What was your first move? Oh, rare. Ooh, getting a little. They, they do not like each other. <laughs> Apparently not. Okay. Spencer, uh, he had a lot of tweets last night. He said, none of those votes should have counted because they all misspelled Jeremy. There you go. Uh (laughs) Uh, Spencer correctly knew that I hear all too many, many at Rob Sesternino, R-H-A-P, out of context quotes being created. That was, that was, uh, he called that one correctly. Yes. Okay. 
And he also then uh, tweeted, biggest letdown of the season, that Tony's hashtag special idol celebration that was not huge. Okay, so do you remember earlier in the season when Tony found the first idol? Let me play you a clip of this was Tony finding the first idol this season. Uh-huh. This is huge. I needed this. Ooh. 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 hey that's 19 seconds long okay oh my god (laughs) so here is tony finding the tyler perry idol last night and you tell me if it if it holds a candle oh oh my god wow i love you so much man <laughs> it's not as long, but it's it's just as passionate. <laughs> I love you so much, man. Oh. I love you so oh much, God. man. Wow. I love you so much, man. <laughs> so I think I think the second uh, the first one was so good, but I think the second one might be underrated. I think so too. Yes. Uh, Spencer also tweeted, it's been an honor playing with you, Jeremy. So, uh, Spencer, very sad to see his friend Jeremy go. Yeah. Uh, Bryce, uh, at Bryce Isaiah tweeted, the next time I need work done at my house, I'm contacting at Tony Vlachos. Would you have Tony do construction on your house and maybe build you a spy shack? No. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Tony doesn't, well, I I mean, he doesn't. Construction isn't even his job. I wouldn't have him do anything. He's a fake construction worker. Yeah. Okay. So, Eliza, have you been following on Twitter that um, it's it's almost as though that the story of Tony on Twitter is unfolding like a graphic novel? Have you been following any of these Tony cartoon illustrations that are making the rounds via Tony? Yes. Okay. I mean, I've seen. I've, I have seen them and. Whoever's drawing them has an inflated sense of Tony. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like a very ripped Mr. Clean in these yes. pictures. Did you it's see? Really, <laughs> go ahead. Very bizarre. <laughs> Did you see the one last night of Tony with the new idol? I might not have. Okay. Should I look it up? If, yeah, if you want to, uh, it might help for this. Uh, you might have str- uh, some feelings about it. So Tony is kissing the new idol and it says, got immunity? Question mark. Uh, and Tony tweeted it out last night and said, hey, haters, the more you hate on me, the more pain I'm going to bring you. Hashtag Team TV, hashtag Spy, ch- uh, spy Shack, hashtag TP Idol, hashtag Bang Bang. He just tweeted it again. Huge <laughs> shout out to at Tyler Perry. And it's got immunity like picture. And he goes hashtag survivor, hashtag team TV, hashtag spy shack, hashtag bag of tricks, hashtag the opportunist, hashtag game on, hashtag haters feel the pain. <laughs> wow. Oh, Tony. Maybe CBS could get Tony working on coming up with the hashtags on the bottom of the screen. Like the whole screen would be filled. I know. <laughs> Why is he bringing the pain to the haters? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, listen, I think he's I think he's a very polarizing character and I think that is a reason, you know, it's what makes the show great, but it's it means he's getting a lot more hate on Twitter probably than some of his castmates. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, so we'll look for more pictures. I'd like to see Tony work the other characters into the comic book Tony. Maybe Eric Reichenbach could do that. You know, maybe like, you know, him standing on someone's head, like crushing their head, you know? <laughs> that would be good. Um, the, 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 the muscly Mr. Clean. All right. Uh, Sarah Lacina, she tweeted, good episode tonight. I think I put on seven pounds since last week's tribal. Hashtag fat girl problems. Hashtag survivor. Hashtag ponderosa problems. Eliza, how did you say stay so skinny on the jury? Um... Well, no, everybody has the same problem. Like in the first few days or whatever after you're voted off. I mean, I the the first time I was on Survivor and I made it to the final four, it was only 24 hours between that tribal council and the next one, I think. And in in 24 hours, I gained seven pounds. Wow. In 24 hours. I mean, granted, I think a lot of it is water weight because, water you know, weight. you're not eating any preservatives or salt and all of a sudden you're, you're gorging yourself on this stuff. So you, my fingers were like little sausages and, and like, like, like my skin was going to explode because I was just like, just so bloated and full. But, um, but the second time I was the mayor of Ponderosa and I was, I knew I was going to be there a long time and I just couldn't eat like a crazy person the whole time I was there I literally was going to gain like I'd, I'd lost 15 pounds and I was going to gain 40 mm-hmm. so I um, in our most beautiful jail I've ever stayed in I, I worked out every day I would like we had this this hill and so I would run the hill and then I would like do sit ups and push ups and you know um, people would sometimes exercise with me not when they first got, got kicked out then they would just eat but I didn't want to like be the hashtag fat girl problems at, um, on the jury we talked about this last week that LJ and Sarah both came out of the games and started working out the day after they came out of the game in their Ponderosa videos. Is that a sign that Survivor is getting softer than it used to be? Yes, Survivor. <laughs> I've, but I've been saying this for, for years. I mean, we had a big, a big group in, um, in, at Stevens for Survivor a couple weeks ago when he, when he canceled out of know-it-alls because he, he was hosting everyone over there. Tyson was in town. Everybody's in town. And we were all sharing our um, experiences of having been on the show. And people were talking about all of the medical treatment they received in their seasons. And granted, I'm the, the most old school of all the people who, you know, we all hang out with. And, and I was like, are you kidding me with all this medical treatment? I was like, when I was on Survivor, I, you know, I'm like that old crotchety like you know grandpa who's like back in my day children but I literally was like telling them that when I sliced my hand with the machete it was during the final five Chris and Julie were off on reward and it was just me Twyla and Scout at camp and I sliced my hand open with the machete I'm like gushing blood everywhere like in so much pain um and I asked for I was like, you know, I'm not, I don't want you to, like, I wasn't even asking for stitches. I just said, can I get like an alcohol swab? Because I just cut myself with this filthy machete and maybe a Band-Aid or something. And they were like, if you want to quit the game, whoa, you can, you, can get, you can get medical treatment if you're quitting. And I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Screw you. Guys. No, I'm not, I'm not effing quitting. Like, I, you know, I just, I just was hoping to get like my cut cleaned out a little and they were like too bad clean it in salt water i mean they were just such jerks and like we weren't allowed any and you know obviously since then they have had a lot of more severe medical issues where people have been evacuated and other stuff but it has it's gotten totally soft and i know i everyone gives me crap about it because i bitch about it on twitter how easy survivors gotten but people aren't like 
so skinny to the point that their hair is falling out anymore. And I mean, I know that that's not always fun to watch, but like, you don't even, they're not even suffering. <laughs> yeah, more suffering. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Mark Burnett said, to, said that to us right before the, the day we were starting. He was like, you will suffer. <laughs> <laughs> I could see him saying that. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, your old friend Jonathan Penner tweeted last night. Jeremiah was a bullfrog, was a good friend of mine, never understood a single word he said, literally. <laughs> I love Penner. Oh, my God. It's true. Penner, Jeremiah was a little hard to understand. And Penner also tweeted the other day. He said, I just played which survivor are you? And apparently I'm Sari Fields. Okay. This is a, you do a, such a good Penner. Oh, my God. Has anyone told you that? Uh, uh, not Jonathan Penner. You uh, do a really good Penner. So Penner said, said uh, he got Sari You know what's Fields. funny? I took the quiz and I got Sari also. There you go. I took the quiz and I got me. So I would say that it, it worked. I don't think I'm on there. That's why I probably didn't get me. <laughs> Although yep. I don't necessarily think I'm the most similar to Sari, to be fair. I think but. it's easy to get me because one of the questions are like, in your spare time, what would you like to be doing? And one of the answers was like running a blog. And so it's, I don't think there's a too many other survivors uh, that fit into that category. I think it's pretty easy to uh, game it to oh, get me. That's, All right. That's, that's where I went wrong. Uh, one last one. Rupert said... Uh, Man, it has to be tough to balance your balls that high. Hashtag survivor. Hashtag sorry. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. So a lot of survivors had uh, tweets about balls. Rupert oh, made it funny. You did. He did. He's, he's funny on Twitter sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Eliza, thank you so much. I think that you knocked it out of the park today on these uh, survivor voicemails and social media. Oh, I'm glad. It was so much fun. Yes. We have to do this again. This was fantastic. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Follow at E Orleans on Twitter for more, uh, more. She's look, she's going to say, she's going to speak her mind. Okay. She's going to shoot from the hip. It's true. It's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you want people to follow you on? Instagram. Follow me. I'm at E Orleans, but also follow Oscar. He's, he's new to Instagram, but he's doing a great job. That's my dog. Yes. Your Yorkie. Orleans. My, my Yorkie. Um, Oscar Orleans has a really adorable Instagram and Twitter. All right. Eliza, thank you so much and uh, talk to you again soon. Okay. Talk to you soon, Rob. All right. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Eliza Orleans here on Rob has a podcast talking about your voicemails. I thought she did a very, very good job here today. Lots of fun on this podcast. Now, normally what I do when I get to this point in the show is I just give you a hashtag and tell you, you know, thanks so much. But today you guys get a present. Yes, this is like Oprah because you guys made it this far into the podcast. I have decided to make an executive decision on something that we had going on in the Rob has a podcast patron group. One of our patrons, Amy Shapiro, had asked, is it possible to get the Tony This Is Huge oh, clip? This is huge. I needed this. Okay, okay. We got it. We got it. So 
that you know that clip so amy had asked in the patron group hey is there any way to get that as my ringtone on my phone now why anybody wouldn't want this as their ringtone that i could not be able to ask you of course why wouldn't that be somebody's ringtone on their phone so i had the sound clip i sent that to one of our other patrons uh, michelle cleland and she was able to put it into GarageBand, and now that is available as a ringtone and a bunch of the patrons had been using it as the ringtone on their phone and i said okay i think we need to open this up to everybody so if you go to rob has a website.com slash ringtones you can now get the tony this is huge ringtone for your phone so we'll do that with more if this becomes a popular thing uh we will go ahead and do that with more clips as they come along here on rob as a podcast so you if you want to try that out on your phone on your iphone only we don't know how to do it yet for android but for iphone you definitely can set that up as the ringtone on your phone or even funnier set it up as the ringtone on somebody else's phone and then watch their reaction when their phone rings because that is also a very popular prank that i'm hearing from people in the patron group okay so thank you guys for making it so far into this and by the way for the patrons our first ever rob has a patron cast is going to be on tuesday April 29th at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. That's the one extra podcast a month that I'm doing for everybody who has become a patron over the last couple of months, and I really appreciate the support. So I am adding one extra show that's patron only. That's going to be on Tuesday night, the 29th. If you want to find out more about becoming a patron, you can go to robhasawebsite.com slash patron this weekend of course i'll get back together with josh wiggler to talk about the episode four of season four of game of thrones over on post show recaps which those are a lot of fun to do i'm really enjoying this season of game of thrones i think a lot of other people are as well it's been a lot of fun and then i guess we need to come up with a hashtag here for this episode of the podcast and i feel like we didn't talk about this enough that the line where tony said called spencer the young lad and that really has cracked me up the couple times that i've seen that part of the episode so it would make me laugh to see the hashtag be hashtag young lad because it's just that is the most untony expression that i've ever heard in my life and for him to use that in that spot was was very very hilarious to me so definitely let's go with young lad as your hashtag for the week all right everybody thanks so much for listening to this podcast and making it this far i had a lot of fun here doing the show today and i'd love to hear what you guys have to say in the comments on robinswebsite.com and one more thing for those of you guys who are listening to this far next week on the podcast for the main show and voicemails tyson apostle have a great weekend take care everybody bye hi this is mary i'm a patron of rob has a podcast you can trust me i am a patron i swear on my baby i swear on my father i swear on my mother I swear on everybody, I am a patron of Rob Has a Podcast.